Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 166. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined, as always, by Mr. Dan Rodriguez. What's going on, man? I'm here, and I'm pretty tired. So. <laughs> Trying to wake up with some monster? <laughs> this is the second one of the day. So what? Damn. Wow. Man, I'm like, wow. I'm like 300 plus pounds. This stuff is like water to me <laughs> so, i'll get there eventually. nice nice yeah. as always mr travis himself looking sharp how you doing brother? Funky. how you doing friends <laughs> tired as well you were telling me you guys look well, you know it's 8 a.m here but i'm i'm alert man i'm ready to talk about games that's yeah. why we're all here i know that's why you get up in the morning right that's what it's all about mm. and joining us for the first time Mr. Neo Game Spark, you know him well. I'm sure our community does. Good morning, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I don't have any Monster Energy drink here. <laughs> it's also not 8 a.m. over here, so I'm a little more energetic than Travis, <laughs> but I'm really happy to be on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. So uh, one thing we'd like to do when we uh, you know, have a new guest is just talk a, a real briefly about um, kind of your history with gaming. So uh, kind of where you started, what got you into it, um, and what kind of... Uh, you know what what your the, the things you like most about gaming today kind of so where where did you first pick up gaming how long you been doing it uh so i'm a child of the 90s born in the early 90s so okay. i grew up playing um super nintendo that was the first time i ever held a game controller in my life i remember my dad had come home just randomly with the super nintendo console and we had mario and Monopoly, and you would think out of the two games that yeah, Monopoly a, was fun on Super Nintendo. I remember exactly, bro. Yeah. You would think out of the two games that a child would play, gravitate towards Mario because you know jumping, jumping little man makes boom, boom, boom. But I was like, no, Monopoly was a lot of fun. That was one of the first board games I ever played, and it just naturally clicked. And then from there, got into the PlayStation One and sixty four, and here we are, twenty plus years later, we have games in four K. So yeah, yeah, gaming's. It's it's literally been a part of my life since before I can even run, man. It's crazy. That's awesome. But have we topped Monopoly for the? Um, well, there is no Monopoly 4K nowadays, so I don't know. Like, people are talking about uh, this Halo Infinite. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> see me in some Monopoly. That's all I'm saying, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that I think it is it Ubisoft that has the rights to all the Hasbro games right now. And they, they yeah, they, on the 360, they had the whole collection where yeah, they that, had that, Monopoly that recent Monopoly. Yeah. That recent Monopoly game is not good. That I don't know if you guys have played it, but it's like it's surprising how bad it is, to be honest. But yeah, it's nice. Yeah, how can you mess up Monopoly that bad? You know how do you I mean? mess up? How do you mess up games that weren't even games? They were games before games. How do you mess that up? Just take the. Uh, we're gonna be here all day. <laughs> all you have to do is animate the board game, right? It's not that literally. Big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things I can't even explain why it's so bad, but like if you play it, you'll be like, "Wow, this is like bad." I'm like surprised how bad it Wait, is. Wait, you say it was Ubisoft, right? It's the Ubisoft one. Yeah. Didn't they do the same thing with Tetris a few years ago? They came out with like a really bad Tetris game, and everyone was like, "How do you not?" There was something about uh, Ubisoft and Tetris. You're I remember right. That does ring a bell a little really? bit. Really? Yeah. I, I think they. I think they made a bunch of the Hasbro games, like like the Battlefield, or is it called Battlefield? Or Battleship, Battleship, Battleship and like yeah. all those, all those like you know traditional board I actually games. Actually, own and, that game. Yes. I think I own all of them, and <laughs> they're all pretty bad. Like I'm kind of surprised that that they're that they're as bad as they are. But yeah, uh, yeah. Connect Four and what have you. Nick's is, is starting already. It's it's I don't know. It's too early for these kind of jokes, Nick's. 
<laughs> okay, if, uh, if, if you'll let me interject for one second. Oh, of so, course, of course. The game that uh, Ubisoft came out with was Tetris Ultimate. This was back in 2014. And reading from the article, unfortunately, as the company works to fix its broken lineup, yet another one of the games has shown issues at launch. This time, Tetris Ultimate, it prevents players from slotting the iconic shapes into lines properly. <gasps> it's not the point of Tetris. How do you mess that up? That's the one thing you have to do in Tetris. Oh no! They, they found a wow, way. I found a way. I'm gonna buy that game now. I really have to see that. How do they mess that up? Oh my god, that doesn't even make any sense. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> but um, chat. Good morning. Good to see everyone. I see Matt, Walt, G Man, Nick's Joe in the house. Miles, what's happening, man? Um, so Neo, you, uh, you know, you have a pretty uh, popular YouTube channel and, uh, it's kind of going through some of your content. And I remember seeing this funny enough, I think before I even knew you on Twitter is I remember seeing your video from last year of confessions from a PS4 owner, which kind of blew up, right? Like, yeah, that was a big one where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically, it's when you first got the Xbox one X at the time before the new consoles and, uh, you had been primarily a PS4 player and you kind of. I don't know what the phrase you want to use, but you know, you found some qualities of the Xbox, I guess you didn't expect. And now mm -hmm. you own, you, I know you own series X, S and PS five, right? Yeah. Well, what, what, what are the odds, man? The paradigm <laughs> shift, <laughs> but, but yeah, just to get into that a little bit. Um, it, it was crazy, man. So as you, as everybody knows, last year was uh really rough. Everyone transitioning to working from home and, you know, like in the beginning, it's all cool, man, you know, because you get some time with your family, your kids, <laughs> more gaming time, less commuting. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get back into like playing games more consistently. And then I remember I had gotten like a month into it and I had just gotten bored, man. I was like, Ugh, just nothing's hitting. Nothing's hitting today, man. Let me see what else is out there. And I remember I, I woke up one morning. And and this is I, I I contribute a lot of my uh, problems or continued success I guess to uh, the uh, Wario sixty four Twitter page I'm sure many of y'all know tweets out gaming deals and there was this deal oh, going yeah. on where it was like get an Xbox One X for I think it was like a hundred fifty two hundred dollars off and at the time I'm thinking that's a pretty good deal <laughs> and then it said for zero dollars down I'm like what what is this what's going on. And then from there, it was kind of like a rabbit hole into getting involved in the Xbox All Access program okay. and getting the system. And I'm like, oh, OK, let's try this out. Now, this is my first Xbox console since Halo 4. So from 2012 to 2020, that's 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 a whole generation of no Xbox. And, you know, I'd love the 360 uh, growing up, but I didn't really like the direction that they were taking the one. But, you okay. know, I'm willing to give second chances. So I got the console and I was like, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. And so I was bored. I was like, you know what? Let me play on this console exclusively for a few weeks to see if I like it more than PlayStation, see how it competes. And I ended up really liking it. I recorded a thoughts video, thought nothing of it until the next morning. And I woke up and it's at like 10,000 views. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that's weird. <laughs> and then a few hours later, I get like a, an at from Major Nelson saying, oh, great video by uh, Neo GameSpark about his time using Xbox. And I'm like, He's talking about me. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. And then, you know, it's it's pretty much history from there, man. Yeah. You know, just getting involved um with Xbox and just, just this amazing, amazing community. And here we are almost like a year and a half later, man. Time flies. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when I looked at it yesterday, it was like I don't know, I think you're closing in like eight hundred thousand views or something on that video, which is crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's cool though, man. It's kind of neat when something like that happens, right? Because it's rare, obviously, but when it does, it's it's you know, it's it's neat. Yeah. So 
Well, yeah, cool. No, Xbox One was good by 2020. I think. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. They <laughs> all the platform. I had that Xbox in 2014, whenever it was. Ooh. And, woo, it oh, was. Oh man, it was a rough couple years for us Xboys. <laughs> you were you were you were in the ditches back then, man. Oh, bro. For real. <laughs> we were holding up Titanfall like <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is it, guys. <laughs> this will be the one, the Holy Grail. <laughs> And Sunset Overdrive. I got to call it Sunset Overdrive. Max. Oh, Still yeah, great dude. game. Underrated. Great great underrated. Game. Yes. Um, all right, guys. Why don't we get into what we've been playing? So I know kind of our main topic today is going to be around uh, Game Pass and like how it's helping people discover games they might not have normally um, because there's been a lot of great content thrown out there lately. Um, and I think a lot of the games I've been playing have been Game Pass games. But um, I, I got to give a shout out to to uh, Travis real quick. So I did, uh, as we joked about last week, I did pick up Ace Attorney Chronicles on the Switch. I have never played Ace Attorney before. That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Good job, Travis. (laughs) I've never played an Ace Attorney. Even uh, some people told me I I bought the wrong one. And I was like, well, Travis, knowing his history on the series, did tell me about this and talk me through it. But I don't have a 3DS. I don't like playing games on my phone, like mobile games. So I was like, look, this is on the Switch. It's new. It'll at least introduce me to the series. So mm-hmm. I started playing it. I'm not very far, admittedly. But um, I will say that uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, and, and a lot of people love this series. So they're going to be yes. like, well, of course, why wouldn't you? But I, I'm not a lot... I'm not very big into a lot of the uh, modern Japanese style games like the JRPGs. I loved growing up. They're just too different to me now. And mm-hmm. so I don't get into a lot of them, but I'm really liking it. The writing's really good. It's it's funny. It actually makes me laugh as I'm playing through it. The first case here. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to put some more time into it. But um, I'm glad you recommended it. I did not expect to like it. I figured I was going to buy it, play it for a little bit and then sell it. No kidding. Um, but I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep going through it. So, yeah, that's what what I'm talking about. (laughs) And then after that, you can go on your Xbox and download the Ace Attorney trilogy. And then from there, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we were, Travis and I were talking about that because you were telling me about the trilogy. Is the trilogy on Xbox? Mm -hmm. The trilogy's on Xbox, but it's the OG one that I'm, I'm afraid would scare you away unless you really got invested in the series. So I'm trying to, I'm using the new one as a gateway drug. I (laughs) I want you to play, I want you to play Dual Destinies and and Spirit of Justice because they're my favorite ones. And then after that, if you love the series, then go play the OG trilogy because they're, they're amazing games, but they're also very old and retro and they have clunkiness to them that isn't great if you aren't already invested. So yeah. I, w- I would honestly say those save those for last if you start really liking the series. So okay, check, All right. check fair enough. Will. But yeah, Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice you have to play on the phone right now. They're not on Switch yet. I I think they'll port them to the Switch eventually, but they're not there for whatever reason right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Capcom's taking their time with that man, and it's killing me. I guess so. It's yeah, I, I don't understand, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. I so I wanted to shout that out real quick. But Neo, man, what have you been playing lately? Anything good? Oh yes, um, man, it's kind of weird, man. I've been all about the roguelikes recently, which is okay. not me entirely. So, um, we were speaking about this earlier, but I went back and I started Returnal over again. So, I bought the game when it came out. I was really excited for it because I love House Mark. Um, but there was a lot of issues with the game at launch. It kept crashing left and right. So, I didn't want to devote any more time into that game than I already did because you know the worst feeling is like you get an hour into a biome. And then the PS5 crashes and it's just like, all right, I'll, I'll play something else. So I went back to it. I've gotten through the first three biomes. Really awesome game. Fantastic. In addition to that, 
Um, I just started up Hades since it yeah. launched on Game Pass. Me too. You know, Me fantastic too. game. I actually bought it last year on the Switch during the Christmas sale. Fell in love with it. But, you know, just the nature of how I've been playing more on the PlayStation and Xbox as of late. Switch has kind of been sitting in the corner. <laughs> but now it's on Xbox with all its glorious quick resume greatness and all that. It's a phenomenal game. I just went through the first boss literally right before this podcast. I was like, nice. how, how much time do I got to the podcast? show five minutes before yeah i got this i did the same thing it was like it was like 9 30 <laughs> my time i'm like i think i can get like a quarter of a run in let's go yeah it's you know, a very addicting game absolutely and i'm also as i speak now on the final boss of death's door i don't know if any of you guys have played through that yet not all the yes. way oh yeah way. i need i need to get back to it i only got to play that first boss i'm, I'm at the frog king that's what oh, okay got you i'm on the final boss i'm not gonna get into spoilers but man the game <laughs> So good. Best 15 bucks I've ever spent. Many so people good. have it as yeah. their game of the year right now. I I, I can see why, man. I can yeah. see why. That's I need crazy. to get back to it. I beat that. I beat the witch, but I, I just, I was like, I only had a small pocket of time to try that game. And I was like, all right, I love this. I'm definitely going to go back and play it, but I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You got y'all in for some greatness when you finish it, man. So good. Yeah. I got to get back. We were just saying too many games, man. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's, it's hard. Really crazy. But Hades, I just started, um, literally when it launched on game pass on friday it's the first time i've ever played it i i was awesome. i think i mentioned last week i was so close to buying it on my pc like multiple times over the past <laughs> several months and i was like let me yeah. just wait and i i waited and uh man it's so good it's so so good so really enjoy i got to hades for the first time last night um got him to a second phase and he got me so i was like i gotta get oh. back to uh i gotta get back to him today at some point nice <laughs> yeah i i've also been playing hades uh i beat the i beat beat the game on my fifth run which oh all mean, right go ahead go ahead and flex on the clear, i i did play it on the switch and okay. i oh I so you kind of had experience with it i beat the entire i i had i think it took me like 20 runs to to get a clear the first time when i played it on the switch okay um but i got i got two clears and then i found out the game doesn't really end until you get like 10 clears or whatever and i was like all right, I'm gonna save this for like when it comes to Xbox. I'll just I'll just wait. So mm-hmm. I haven't actually seen like the full ending, but I love the game, and I was like, this is a game I I could invest like dozens of hours into. So I'm gonna wait before I go any further. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm now I think I've done my second clear like just now. Nice. So I'm like caught up to where I was on the Switch, and now now it's all gonna be a uh, new stuff. But okay. it's it's kind of interesting beating the game after five runs because like. I hadn't met any of the alternate bosses for the first boss. Mm-hmm. I hadn't met my brother or like any of the stuff like in the story hasn't happened yet. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm already like out here dabbing on my dad. So it's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it's kind of changed the, like the order that things happen in. And I, I kind of really appreciate that because now people are reacting to me differently because I did that first. And so, yeah. I'm kind of like, wow, this game's like really dynamic the way it switches up the order of events that things happen based on your kind of experience. It's really, um, really awesome. I, I will say this, though. I preferred it the old way. I preferred yeah. it where it takes you a long time to be 80s the first time because it sort of intros you to mechanics. And I haven't even gotten the thing where you're upgrading your weapons yet. Like that hasn't even happened for me and i already got like, my first clear so i didn't um, know you could like upgrade a, your weapons so that's a that's go. good. yeah that's they really they really do a good job at like slowly drip feeding you a bunch of different yeah. things to the game which i think is part of the reason it's so successful is that yeah. 
it's got a lot going on, but it doesn't overwhelm you with it and go, here's 20 things to remember. It's yeah. like, here's one. And then you do like two runs and they're like, all right, here's another thing. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so got good. the carrot in front of you at just the right place. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, I think what you talked about with the progression is what surprised me the most. Cause I'm one of those weirdos that um, anytime I'm playing a game, I'm thinking about how the hell the developers coded it. And mm-hmm. so as I'm playing through it and, and all these events are dynamic and different people appear and different story elements come in and, you know, you get different equipment and boons and whatnot. And I'm like, <clears> okay, so how did they, you know, you just think about how they would have coded all these different things to dynamically and randomly happen yet be so meaningful to what you're doing at that point in time. It's really interesting to me. So that, I think that's one of my favorite aspects of it. And the fact that it's very easy to jump in and out of, we were talking about returnal being like, when you sit down and play returnal, it's like, all right, I better clear my afternoon, make sure no one's bothering me because it, I've got to to do, yeah, I've got to do one run Turn the and the phone it, off. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Hades, it's like, you can jump in and out. You can save at any point. Yeah. Um, and it's the gameplay is so polished that uh it's just super super smooth to just you know it's yeah it's great man i see yeah. why people were raving about it for the last year i wish i would have played it, really it sooner is. it's the gold standard for for roguelikes in terms of story in terms of gameplay in terms of its d- game design where the way it like drip feeds you mechanics and i'm i'm not even at the part where i've unlocked all the mechanics yet i, I was technically further on the switch version even though i had it took me longer to do clears and i had fewer of them um, so it's it's just really interesting the way that they they set up that game, but yeah, love it. So I've been playing that. Um, I'm reviewing a game for IGN that's going to go live. My review will go live next week called uh, Recompile. It's a um, really interesting indie uh, Metroidvania. Uh, mm-hmm. I just finished it, so I'll, I can't really say anything about it, but like I'll have a review next week. And then um, also been playing that Boyfriend Dungeon, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I tried that out. It's surprisingly <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty fun game. So I see uh, again, this ties into our main topic, but I think because Game Pass and a lot of people getting to experience that game who wouldn't probably have played it otherwise, I see a lot of people talking about it. Uh seems to yeah. be pretty popular. Dating sims are underrated, man. Getting that Mass Effect 2 <laughs> life. Yeah, see, see. But there's um, nothing wrong with it, though. Mass- I'm telling you, there are a lot of good dating sims. Doki Doki Literature Club is amazing. Out of a Boyfriend. There's a lot of uh, good games out there. Give them a try. Don't say. Okay. Well, I'm on Ace Attorney, man. S- slow feet. Slow I know. Feet. I got to look. I'm not, I'm not trying to convert you. I'm just saying people are a little too harsh <laughs> on that genre because of what it is. But, yes. Yeah, I get uh, it. There's That's some fair. good ones. Yeah. That's fair. Dan, I know we joked about Hades last week, um, so I don't think you're playing that. But what are you, you playing anything good right now? Not really. No. <laughs> I'm playing the Valhalla DLC. Like, nope. Oh yeah, you tried uh, Siege of Paris, right? Yeah, it's it? not good. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it. it. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, they're not even trying at this point. You know, I, gonna, you're Dan, not alone Dan. on this one, though. Usually, you, you you may have a take where it's like, "Wow, why does Dan think that?" But I've seen a lot of people say this is some <laughs> really poor DLC like expansion. This may be one of the worst expansions they've had. You know, Jesus, really <laughs> worse than the one where George Washington was evil. <laughs> no. <laughs> That whole game was the worst. So this one, that was the worst. I was like, nope, no, I'm done with Assassin's Creed. I don't, don't want to play this game. Yeah, I, that was that. that actually killed Assassin's Creed for me for like three or four games. I had to go back <laughs> later on and play it. It was uh, th- this one's got like like what they've done with these DLCs is they've introduced these cool mechanics in, but it's like one little piece of. Uh, 
of a DLC, which could have been included in the main game, which would have made the main game actually way, way better. Like they have these infiltrations now. They have uh, ways to like brotherhood where you could like you, you would have you know your fellow assassins but it's it's a little bit different they're they're rebels and you can do these missions the problem is they're super repetitive as mm-hmm. in after the third one i was back at the same exact location with just a slightly different title and <laughs> one or two different enemies you know and it, i was just like man you could have made this so much better you had the opportunity to to implement this this you know gameplay mechanic you know where you could have your fellow assassins, you because know, that was one of the best things for Brotherhood for me is where you can be walking down the street, literally whistle, and you know guys would just come out of nowhere and just you know drop their hidden blades on all these enemies. <laughs> that was a good time. Now this one, it's just it's exactly the same as the main game. It looks exactly the same as the main game. The enemies have a different color shirts, um, <laughs> and 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 the story is basically <laughs> it's, it's basically one big. I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's just it's just an extension of the main game. It's just like an extra little mission. No. Yeah, and there's and there's no. It's not very big. I feel like Ireland was bigger, and Ireland actually had some different uh, story mechanics that were actually pretty good. Um, the druid stuff. It was actually interesting. You know, I mean, it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was interesting. I think if they took some of the parts out of all those DLCs, put them in the main game, and then worked on like some completely different stuff, like they did with with Odyssey where you had Atlantis and you, you know, you did. Yeah, see, that was cool. Stuff. That was yeah. cool. Right. And, and, but it's still tied into it. You know, that, that, those were some of my favorite Assassin's Creed DLCs that they ever came out with. This one's just, it's just there, you know, and saying? this was supposed to be the big one. Like yeah, for, this, this is the games as a service model no. that they said that we're not coming out with another Assassin's Creed for like three years. So we can, yeah, uh, yeah we're screwed. Yeah. So, so like there's, they, they introduced these things called, uh, uh, what are they called? But basically, they, 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 they're missions, and you can do them. They, there's opportunities to, to have these special little stories or different ways to assassinate people instead of just rushing in and finding the person and killing them. You know, you actually can progress. If you find the, the right path, you can you could progress into it and, you know, have a cool little way to assassinate the person. Like, you know, there's there's a way where you're, you're, you're going through, like, a reconciliation or something, and instead of just jumping down and killing this guy, you actually go through the whole thing and, and, and uh, go through, you know, different dialogue that isn't normally there. And it, it's really cool. They could have implemented these in pretty much every single one of the <laughs> main story, story points in, in Valhalla, but they just want a different direction. It's sad. Yeah. And they just keep adding like a little bit of, you know, like a few skills, every DLC, they just add like one or two different skills. And it's just, it's mind blowing to me. It sounds like minimal effort expansion. Minimal effort. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's, if you've progressed past like 250, you know, in the main story, and if you've done even half of the stuff in the main story, this is going to be super easy because mm-hmm. all the, all the enemies don't scale. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm basically just running in and I've got like Molnir with, you know, Thor's hammer Jesus. and I'm just like smashing people, like <laughs> one shotting everybody. And I'm just like, this is, ridiculous and that's on you know normal difficulty maybe it's harder on a harder difficulty but they do keep adding paid dlc you know for for outfits and stuff so you you know there's tons of that if you really want to look different while you're smashing people so dan you're yeah. living in a prison of your own construction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, I can tell this it. man's is hurt. This man's is oh. hurt, bro. You can <laughs> see it. Like, I'm ready for the one tier to come down. <laughs> Dude, killing me, man. 
we're out here living in a in a, yeah. in a sea of beautiful games, and you're here insisting on just playing Assassin's Creed. And well, I, here's the thing: I downloaded it's hurting, and I played friend. ten minutes of it, and I came to the same conclusion I did before that I think that it could be an awesome game. I just can't play roguelites, and I'm just not good at them, and I, I have no interest in in those games. And that's it's nothing to say not to say it's a bad game, but I also I got I don't like games that at this age hold my hand a little bit. <laughs> like what am I supposed to be doing exactly? Because I yeah. when I played it on the Switch, I was like, what am I doing? I don't know what's happening. I keep dying, which is apparently a good thing. But yeah. then what do I do from there? Yeah. You know, do I, you know? And I, it just never really explained to me. No, what, it's, what's it's very figure it out as you go. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. that's just not my style. But it, I love the art style. And, you know, I'm glad everybody likes it. I'm just, that's not for me, man. Yeah, that's fair. And we say that all the time. Like, we're trying to be more careful. I think a lot of people need to be more careful about calling games bad when really they're just not for them, right? Like, I mean, there's so many good games that just aren't for me, which is fine. That's why we have so much variety in the gaming industry. It's a good thing, really. Yeah, lesson in growth. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tal, let me get to the super chat. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that's a that's a big super chat, Tao, and I, I you know really really appreciate it. He says, "Thank you, Ains, for your kind words and candor in my time of need." It's uh, you didn't have to do that. You certainly didn't have to super chat here, man. But uh, appreciate it, and you know uh, it's 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 my pleasure, man. Um, you know, uh, gosh, I <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Um, but yes, you know, I'm always here. DMs always open. My DMs are open to actually everybody, which is a dangerous precedent. But so far, we've been good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am always here, um, you know, if someone needs a, an ear. Uh, so it was my pleasure, man. I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much. All right. Um, I feel for Dan, there needs to be an adult function that just rehashes info. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Isn't, that, isn't that what your book is? Your little uh, codex? It's all just... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Do you think I was? Who? What game was I talking about? Because Dark Souls is kind of like that. Like the Mm -hmm. lore in Dark Souls is to be read, right? You have to read the items and descriptions. That's how you get the lore. And I just feel, I don't know. It feels like a small percentage of the modern gaming community is into that. It's like if they're they expect things to be presented to them that you have to be forced to go through. Otherwise yeah. they're just not interested in it. I mean, that's I mean, Hades kind of forces you to go through it every time. I mean, that's in my opinion, that's the reason it's a success is because even if you're bad at the game and you die a lot, dying is still one way to progress the story and to right. get to mm-hmm. the end. Like eventually you have to succeed to, to reach like an ending. But by the, if you are just really bad, you can almost brute force your way through it because uh, by the end, you're just a god if you you know are are stacking all those gems and, yep. and like leveling everything up, and um, it just takes you longer. That's the path you take. But like I said, you know, I beat it. I beat it on my fifth run, and I preferred it when it took me like 20 runs to beat it because I got so much more story. Kind of by the it, it felt like I had reached the the mountaintop uh, <laughs> by that point. So yeah, um, yeah. But hey, teach their own. Of course, of course. I see uh, Joe talking about Avengers. We're not going there, Joe. We're not going there. Yeah, um, coming in. <laughs> Say it again. So the uh, Black Panther is coming next week. What are the odds I'm wearing sure. a Black Panther shirt right now? There you, the there you go. There you go. Uh, no, Joe, no affiliation with Crystal Dynamics. <laughs> yeah. Are you so, going to uh, play that DLC though? Yeah, uh, I, I, 
We give it uh, sip it ghost, Luke, who many in the community he runs, you know, Xbox expansion pass. He he adores Avengers. I mean, yeah. he has hundreds of hours into it. He's and one so, of the three people I know who play that game. <laughs> Paul Tassie's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh it's a running joke in the community that uh or in this group that um yeah, we, we just like to give uh Luke crap about it. But hopefully, you know, in all seriousness, for the for that for the people who like that game, I hope the uh the Wakanda expansion is really good. It's you know, I know Luke said it looks good, but I can't take it him seriously good. with yeah, that game. It actually does look good. I, I think I was gonna review it for IGN, but I I, I was I just told them look. I haven't played like any of the Avengers since launch, and I just I don't know if I'm your guy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> to good, go chief. Yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I gotta play it. I have to play it though because um one of my friends is a huge huge stand of this game like No Tomorrow, and I remember when it came out, like he was like, yeah, we're gonna play this together, we're gonna do this stuff, and I was like, oh, I bet, and he had ended up finishing the game before me, and he was just like. Yo, man, I love this game, bro, but there's like nothing to do, man. It's not fun. And I was like, oh, word? Here I am, like halfway through the story. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to put this off. Okay. <laughs> the story is good, though. The campaign is actually the best reason to play that game. And so if this add on is just like more of that, like bring it on because the campaign is actually fantastic. You know what it is? I like the storytelling of the campaign, but I just don't like the way it's presented. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they had this idea for the games as a service, and then they were like, oh, let's do a campaign. You know, so mm. it doesn't feel like it's organic, like you're doing actual missions. It just feels very much so like, hey, these are these type of missions you would do online, but we're going to sprinkle some story over it. So I think that's mm. what's kind of stopped. I feel that. Playing, yeah, I feel that. You know? And honestly, having the whole online world looming in the background and knowing that yeah. was waiting for me when I finished the campaign, it was like a detractor. It was like, yeah, I played Destiny, man. I'm already yep. a prisoner. Oh, you played Destiny? I, I could not tell by the frame <laughs> posters in the back. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's like I, I so it's like I'm, I already have a game I'm a slave to, and I'm not like yeah. Paul, where I can just pick all the games as a service games and just make that my entire <sighs> life. I don't know. Um, do so, that, bro. <laughs> dude, he's it's because it's his only job. Like he just yeah. sits at home, and that's his full time job is keeping up with all those games. So it's like. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I actually thought that game's campaign was serviceable. If it's more of right. that, hell yeah, I'll play the look on it. Yeah, yeah, so Steve in the chat who did the review for us actually um, said the same thing. You know, he was pretty harsh in his review. I think it's like one of the longest reviews he ever written because there was so much to kind of break down about it. But yeah, yeah I've heard from a lot of people that uh, what's the main character's name again? I forget. I haven't played it. Kamala Khan. Captain Ka yeah, yeah, Kamala. I've heard that she's great as a character. Uh, yeah, that's what great. I've heard. And that the campaign is fun, but the rest of it was just a, a mess. Yeah, it's just at least a repetitive, man. Yeah, I mean, they've right. added a lot of stuff to it. I mean, they started adding different characters with uh, Hawkeye, and I can't remember what the other exact same character. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Yeah, we're and still waiting on Spider-Man. Still, still waiting still on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. dude! Imagine people, people, people pre-ordered that game to play as him and look at Spider-Man early. Look at this, yeah. man. Yeah, it's just I, 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 I played. I've got a pretty high-level Hawkeye character, so it, it's. But but getting to that point was so mind-numbingly boring after the campaign <laughs> that you're just sitting there like, okay, I'm going to do the same mission again yeah. at a slightly higher difficulty. Mm. And is it true what they said? Longer. Is it true what they said where they changed it and they made it harder to grind for characters? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I don't know if it's harder, but it's it's still tedious. really really tedious. Uh, yeah, so so it's just like trying to get to that level you're trying you know i don't even care about the skins and stuff i just wanted to get to a like a high level hawkeye where i could you know i've got a couple friends that play it and so mm -hmm. i was like maybe i can actually jump into a co-op game and yeah you know play with something with them but it just never 
got to that point. And I picked Hawkeye because I figured nobody else would pick him, so I wouldn't have to worry about <laughs> doubling him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, was, you were right about that part. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's not great. So. <laughs> I just uh, I don't understand why they would launch two similar type characters back to back. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, I feel like you want to lead with one and then do a couple more others, like cosmic and then brawlers and then do another. But it just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, Joe, I don't know why you're yelling in the chat. I can I can hear you. <laughs> but he said I didn't hear. I pre-ordered for Spidey. <laughs> oh, they said before the end of the year. Now I don't know if they meant this year or next year because the way it's looking, bro. We yeah, just were looking at that logo. With the movie. We haven't seen we got a Spider-Man movie this year, right? No way home. We're probably yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, amazing and uh, new face in the chat. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming by. It says Spider Man. Uh, yeah, new World Order trailer gonna be out. As <laughs> <laughs> that's my homie Jason right there. <laughs> okay, what's up, man? Thanks for coming by. All right. Uh, one other thing I want to comment on, and, I'm, and you're not allowed to talk about it really, um, but uh, I'm in the the Battlefield beta. Uh, mm -hmm. You're not allowed to capture anything from it. Not allowed to talk about it. So I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> this man says I'm I'm playing the Battlefield beta. It's like. Oof. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, oof. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes me sad. Me. Don't tell oof. me that, bro. Um. So I'll have to move on, so I don't get my account pulled back. But uh -oh. yeah, what are you gonna lose? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I'll probably gain some time. Is what I'll yeah. get back. There so, you go. Um, yeah. The Halo devs are probably like. <laughs> no worries. And and top of the spectrum, meet the other end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Exactly. Um anyway, moving on. Um so let's let's get into our main topic, guys. I wanted to chat about this a little bit this week because uh, it feels like a good week. There wasn't again, there wasn't a ton of like news actively this week. Uh we've got Gamescom coming up, which we'll touch on a little bit, but um, and I know the Game Pass conversation has been covered almost ad nauseum. I get it. Um but I think it's kind of a good week because Hades, as we've already talked about, has really kind of, um, you know, being on Game Pass again, you've got all these new people talking about it. Plus, of course, it launched on PlayStation as well. Um, but there's a bunch of other games that I think, in my opinion, would have gone by the wayside had it not been for Game Pass. Um, Travis, you mentioned Boyfriend Dungeon. I, I have to think that would be a very, very small niche title if it wasn't for this. Um, this week, I've also been playing Art of Rally, which is, uh, again, came out last year on other platforms. It's a, uh, a small developer made a, a, a non-licensed rally game. Very simple art style, but still beautiful. Um, but the interesting thing about it, it has no licensing, no real track, car names, nothing like that. But it has real cars, physics, and history of rally racing in it which is really, really interesting if you're a car geek like me. Um, so that's really good. I saw Omno, uh, single developer game, based very similar, like uh, from what our reviewer said, very similar to like Journey, uh, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just that experience, three to four hour bite-sized experience, but very moving. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently beautiful to look at, beautiful soundtrack. And so there's a lot of these games, and, and there's several more. I'm sure you guys can think of some too, that... Um, just have kind of come to the forefront in, in the gaming conversation or, uh, you know, community lately that really have been driven because of Game Pass. And I think it's just, I think that effect on game discovery, right? And we always talk about curation because the industry is so big and there's so many games that games just get lost. You know, I mean, tons of games come out that never even really gain an audience that some people like, you know, we joke about Among Us now being this gigantic game. That game released a couple of years ago and no one played it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just happened to 
kind of catch fire. COVID, COVID yeah. made it catch fire. Quarantine, yeah, yeah, you're right. Quarantine it kind Zoom of caught virus and everything, you know. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to me because for years, Steam has been kind of the pinnacle for small devs. It's easy to get your game on. It's easy to do updates. And it's just where there's a huge community on the PC side, right? And then we've seen some of that move to the Switch. The eShop became a very big place for uh, smaller devs to put their games because they were just seeing a ton of success on the Switch. And it feels, at least to me, and you guys obviously comment, that um, you know Game Pass has to be a very attractive option for these smaller devs now because there's a lot of these games, like I said right at the start, that I think just wouldn't get the recognition at all if it wasn't in front, automatically in front of millions of people who can just download it, try it, and you know a percentage of them will obviously kind of dig it. So yeah. we can kind of take it from there, open the comments. Well, the Ascent is, I mean, is the most recent one, Ascent's right? Ascent's another mean, big one, a, yeah. You know, $5 million or whatever, 5 million copies, whatever million it was. Copies. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just... Made by 12 people. Yeah. 12 people. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding, man. I mean, that's it, this is good for indie devs. I'm not, I've always said I'm not really an indie game player, but I mean, there's always a couple here and there that are nice to check out, you know, like 12 minutes when we've talked about it ad nauseum. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that, I'm super excited for. I just watched an interview with, I think, William Defoe and um, Michael McAvoy. Mac, I can't remember his James name. McAvoy. James McAvoy. 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 Yeah, James yeah. McAvoy. Yeah, and, and I think it was on IGN. And um, it, it's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> shout out IGN. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's these. Just know, there's, just a note, things. I did send William Willem a uh, email from Season Gaming. I didn't get a response, but I tried. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <Why not>? <laughs> <laughs> get on the stick, Travis. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but you know, it, it's 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 it looks. You know, there, there's it, it's a perfect thing for some of these guys. I think. I think it's you know maybe it's not a one size fits all, obviously. But I mean, you're seeing even with the bigger games. You know, I mean, would would Outriders or MLB? You know. We, we saw the success with that and Sony came out, even said it, you know, that the amount of money just from the microtransactions and stuff that they made is probably ludicrous, you know, yeah. and, and, and the most successful MLB has ever been for them. Right. The show, I mean, so. crazy. I mean, like, you know, even putting it on another platform, who would have known, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. You know, the yeah. fact that it was on Gay Pass is just, you know, icing on the cake. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I think people will get different value out of, you know, the, the service um, and we've talked about it becoming an indispensable service. I still don't think it's quite there yet, but I think here in two years, for sure, maybe a year, you know, once these big first party games start hitting and you're getting that consistent flow of, you know, triple A's, you know, mixed with the, you know, double A's and then we're already seeing the indie stuff. So, you know, once that all just starts flowing together, you're going to have to have it regardless of where you're playing, you know, unless you're only playing on the PlayStation. And then in that, that case, then, well, sorry, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But I mean, for gen you know, generally, as a gamer, I mean, it will hit that point probably sooner rather than later. And that's good for these developers. Yeah. Yeah. And Beast Mode calls out a bunch of them. So there's, there you go. You went right off the bat, Beast Mode. So thank you. But yeah, I mean, well, Dodgeball Academia. Academia. I was I've heard that's that really good, too. I really yeah. like that one. That, okay. And that was one I wouldn't normally play without uh, without Game Pass. But uh, actually, so th that brings me to a point which I think is interesting, that there's like this emergence now of the Game Pass gamer where like people 
like I have, I have a friends who are like core gamers. They ask, they buy like two or three games a year and they ask me if a game is good. Like if they see something on YouTube, they'll be like, is this game good? And I, and I try to guide them. And one of those guys, he's like, all right, I'm getting the next gen console. I don't know which one, what should I do? And he was kind of weighing his options. And I said, knowing you and the fact that you like to play games, but you basically never spend money on them just buy a series S and buy game pass. Yeah. And he did that. And his, he's just like, okay, now the only thing I play is if it's on game pass and that's, he's just a game pass gamer. Now, like mm -hmm. it, his ability to play a game, whether he's going to or not depends 100% on if it's on game pass. If it is, he plays it. If it isn't, he goes, Oh, I hope they bring it to game pass. That's it. <laughs> like that's, and, and I know multiple people like this and, and he played dodgeball academia and actually turned me on to it because it's on game pass. And those are the only games he really looks at. And so he lets me know when there's a winner because anytime they update their library, he's like, okay, six more games that I have to, to try out. Um, and that's been a really interesting experience there. There's an opportunity for that core gamer that would normally only buy two games a year. You know, if you put those two games on game pass, they're just going to buy game pass and then, and then play all those other games that they wouldn't normally have played. And so, uh, yeah, that, that game, a dodgeball academia is super surprising, like good game. And, I learned it from a guy who typically asks me about games yeah. because it, because that's just how he interacts with games. Now, if it's on, if it's on the service, it's like Netflix, you know, oh, have you seen the show on Netflix? Oh no, I didn't even know that was a, a show. Oh, well you should watch it. It's available to you and you don't have to pay anything. And I think that culture is something we haven't had in the games industry before because the barrier of entry to play a game was pretty high. It's like, Oh, maybe I'll try this game, but it's 60 bucks. Oh, I'll wait for it to go on sale. And then when it goes on sale, my friends aren't playing it. And there's sort yeah. of all these limiting factors that are sort of just ebbing away because of the service. Uh, and I, I think that's uh, kind of amazing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> game Pass as a service is really interesting. I mean, I've only uh, been using the service for uh, a little over a year now since I got the Xbox. But in that time, the amount of games that I've discovered has been incredible and it's not to say that i didn't know about some of these games beforehand but just the the access to be like oh i've heard a lot of good things about this game like perfect example uh katana zero i mm. heard so mm. much stuff about that game so much stuff and you know when you hear a lot of things about an amazing game or an indie game and you want to get to it it's just like the timing's not right you know if sometimes you just miss games because you're busy with something and it is what it is but i remember one night i was bored and i was like katana zero that's on game pass playing it i got halfway through the entire game in one sitting and i was like <laughs> Wow, this game is friggin' awesome. And you keep seeing that time and time again. Um, and, and a really interesting part is how it affects not only just the indie community, but also what we're seeing with like double A AA and triple A. I mean, I think out of all the publishers who's who've come out and spoken about Game Pass, Sega. Sega loves Game Pass because they're seeing so much return. Like what they were able to pull off with the um the Yakuza franchise. Like they dropped Yakuza Zero. And they dropped uh, Yakuza Kiwami. They're like, all right, you know, we'll put these games on the service. We'll, we'll see where it goes from there. And then after those games are success, okay, we're bringing Yakuza 2, 3, 4, 5, <laughs> 6, 7. Uh, Y'all yeah, like a dragon judgment. now. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Like yeah. So they, in the span of just like a year or so, they brought over all those games. And it's interesting because I don't think those games would have done half as well had they not launched on Game Pass. Because you're introducing first off this franchise to a new audience, but also a games from a different part of the world. Japanese games have not been big on Xbox for a long time. And the fact that they're working so hard to, well, they might not be a success in Japan, but worldwide it's like, Hey, you know, you can play Yakuza on your Xbox. You can play Final Fantasy on your Xbox. 
God willing, one day you can play Persona on your Xbox. Um, <laughs> and I think that's what matters, just having the access point, because there was a lot of people who they were like, oh, I've heard good things about it. I don't know if I'll play it. And then they come back to me a month later, like, yeah, so I ran through all the Yakuza games. Fantastic <laughs> series, man. And I'm like, how do you run through all those games? But it's it's just a testament that sometimes all you need is access. And in some situations, people will play those games, and then that'll be the end of it. In some situations, people will love them so much that they buy it. We're seeing a lot of sales reports come out saying that people who have Game Pass are still buying the games and buying yeah. the DLCs. So I do that constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I bought yeah. all the Yakuza games on Look Xbox. I'd never played one before, and I was just like, I want to support these sorts of games coming to Xbox, and I'm liking uh, Like a Dragon. So yes. I bought them all. I haven't gone back and played any of them yet because Like a Dragon was so good. And then Oh, I played, my God. Dude. I tried to go to Zero, and I was like, oh, there's no English? And it kind yeah. Of <laughs> but, like, you know, I bought them all, even though they were on Game Pass, just because I wanted to be like, I own these games, and I, and I support them coming out to these yeah. platforms. So I feel you. Yeah. yeah. And no you get a discount to buy them. I mean... Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's worth benefit. it for me to pay for Game Pass just because I purchased so many games. I get <laughs> enough discount that my every month my my uh, my co- my cost of subscription is covered by what I save buying games. Absolutely, yeah. and it's 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 a beautiful thing to see how far it's come in a short amount of time, and knowing that you know this is only the beginning. Like they still haven't even put out all their major titles. It's it's going to be interesting. Like, I do have my fears long term, as you know, um, as we've seen with Steam and we saw with the Switch, where in the beginning, it's really good for indies. Like, it's really good because they have the spotlight on them. But as you know, it gets really popular, it starts to get oversaturated. And yeah, we curation Steam. becomes the challenge. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm going to be really interested to see how Microsoft handles this because Game Pass is a platform in and of itself, yes. separate from Xbox. Um, they just happen to be intertwined. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens when they start launching the Red Falls and the Starfields. I think it could work because you can't launch a Starfield every week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Yeah. But you can launch, a, um, a bo- was it Boyfriend Dungeon, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Boyfriend Dungeon. You can launch a Hades. You can launch something like out of the blue. Again, speaking of JRPGs, Octopath Traveler. A lot yeah. of people out there like, yeah, I never played RP- JRPG, but I so like the Octopath game. Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 dope, man. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things, uh, and we like I said, we've talked about Game Pass quite a bit, but it's one of those things where um, one of the things Dan and I talk about often, right? Is and they've said this clearly, so it's not like this is a secret. But Xbox, you know, they're driving towards releasing that first big party game, big excuse me, big first party game every quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually getting to a place where they have a first party release every month, which is kind of crazy to think about. Jesus, um, dude. But in between there, you you have these uh, interesting indies like we're talking about here uh, that can launch on the service, get some uh, get some positive exposure, and then third party deals once in a while, like the show, like Outriders, etc. It's uh, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I, I still kind of wonder when. I think once these big first party games, Redfall, Starfield, et cetera, start hitting, you know, at some point the, the cost on this service goes up. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting to see when that is. But uh, you do make a good point, Neo, about curation. I think that's that's exactly what I was kind of um, alluding to when I mentioned Steam and eShop is because you're right. That happened with both of those. Steam was the indie powerhouse and it still is. Don't get me wrong. But there's so many thousands and thousands of games on Steam. It becomes very hard for people to figure <clears> out what they want to play. And eShops had that same problem. Um, and I you think, know, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, not to interject, but I just thought of a way that they could kind of circumvent that problem mm-hmm. because Steam is a storefront. The Nintendo Switch eShop is a storefront. Is a storefront. 
PlayStation Network storefront, Xbox storefront. Game Pass is different. Mm-hmm. It's separate. And so, you know, when they do those Game Pass drops, it's usually only like, what is it, like six a month? Uh, yeah, twice a month like now. They do like four yeah. to six games. Yeah, four to eight yeah. games. So I think that that's a lot more manageable as opposed to yes. being like, hey, it's Tuesday. Here's 50 games. And you're like, wait, wait, <laughs> who, huh? who, what? All right, Halo, but what is everything else? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that could be a thing. But go I ahead. Think, go to your point. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you literally just made it. Um, oh, look at that. <laughs> one of the, um, I forget her name now, uh, follow her on Twitter, but she's part of the Game Pass team that basically figures out Melissa what games are coming Mc to Game Pass. Pass. Yes. That's it. There you go. Yeah, Melissa Game, Game Pass. Pass. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, her name is Melissa, isn't it? Uh, I swear, it's the Game Pass is the joke name that they use yeah. on their Twitter posts for like yeah, a fake no, employee. I, but I, I, I don't know if her name might be. Melissa <laughs> might be a real person. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't think her last name's uh, Mac Game Pass, but moving on anyway. <laughs> yeah. Should be. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. But they have talked about the fact, uh, to, to Neo's point around exactly that, is, you know, people ask them, why don't you just leave all the games on the service and continue to add more so you have several hundred and thousands of games? And what they've said is exactly that, is they want to make sure that games that get added to Game Pass get their time in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly to your point why they're releasing them in chunks. They do bi-weekly releases of a few games. And then, you know, games come out of the service, too. It's, it's yeah, a rotation. Yeah. So you're not, you know, several hundred and then thousands by next year so um yeah beast uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to find the person i'm thinking of now um but anyway <laughs> i so. tried typing in melissa and game pass on twitter and bro i did not know this melissa mcgame pass thing goes back to 2019 this is crazy it, 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 that has <laughs> been an ongoing joke for so long since like the very beginning of game pass i i am obsessed with that that great character she's hilarious it's great it's great Good to see you on the chat, Fastback. What's happening, brother? Good to see you. Um, so anything else you guys wanted to touch on on Game Pass specifically or any of these other games we've talked about that you've checked out recently on there? I know uh, uh, Beast Mode mentioned some other ones. There was Last Stop. Mm-hmm. There was Raji. There was, um, um, oh, God, I'm losing my mind now. What else? Uh, uh, the, the criminally underrated and overlooked uh, 2020 Game of the Year Hades. Hades, yes. Curse of the Dead Gods, which was a play on Dead Cells, is a little bit different, but another kind of roguelite run. Um, uh, I'm not going to lie. That's an expansion for Dead Cells, right? That's what it said, but it plays differently. It's an isometric um, game versus Dead Cells being a straight kind of 2D, you know, uh, runner. Yeah, I I only played it for about 20 minutes. I did give it a try. I haven't gotten back to it because now I'm stuck on Hades, but um yeah it's definitely different you should give that a look too atomicrops was another one that a lot of people were talking about mm, I um, played that one. so blood roots i mean it just goes the list just goes on and on so it's a lot of stuff man yeah so i'm not gonna lie i might, I might try out that um boyfriend dungeon game because <laughs> I, that that is part of the reason why i love the persona series that much the whole social link confidants dating aspect even though it's like a minor part of the game stuff like that is cool so travis if, if you vouch for this boyfriend dungeon game i might have to but i heard that it was I, like someone said it was a roguelike i i, I might have been reading i'm, I'm vouching for the genre i don't think okay. boyfriend dungeon is the best version of this genre but i'm just <laughs> saying in general if you like social links and games and lots of yeah. people do dating sims have that and some of them have really really strong stories and good gameplay so like i just think they get a bad rep but boyfriend yeah. dungeon it is a roguelike it's like you you go into a dungeon and you're killing things and leveling up your sword and then your sword transforms into a boy you can date 
Oh my uh, god! And that's the that's the that's the and you can choose which weapon, <laughs> whichever weapon you want to date slash use in a dungeon. So it has a it has a hilarious like premise and all the whenever they transform from a sword into a cute boy they have like a Sailor Moon esque anime this is transformation. Some anime type. <laughs> it, it is it is it is worth playing just for the like gimmick. Uh, over now in night, terms of it ex- in terms of it executing the social links <laughs> and the dungeon well like yeah, but but it's definitely worth like thirty minutes of your time just because it's so unique it's such a I got I got onto it because my girlfriend she plays every dating sim possible she's just yeah. like obsessed with the genre and every once in a while i'll see her play one and i'm like i would play this game like this is actually <laughs> pretty the, cool for the, for the transforming men right for the transforming men like seduce me like what like this guy's kind of looking kind of looking nice to me like what? oh my god um, there's, there's something in his eyes like yeah it's like that it's like the steel blue eyes just let you know yeah. that's where home is it's like, like I, I don't want to do anything with him but like if he asked me to dance like shit, what am i gonna do this, you know? like um but yeah, yeah. and yeah, dan you're looking fair, more red yeah yeah you got, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this? Are, are you going to be downloading? I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't even say anything. So <laughs> what's our next item? How much we got to donate to the oh Patreon to get God. Dan to play Boyfriend Dungeon? He's oh actually reviewing it for that us. Look for it next week. That, that, nice. that, that Twitch stream would go viral. Dan <laughs> reacts to Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, my God. It would just be me sitting there for 20 minutes with my hand in my face. Just, like, <laughs> just trying to play with one hand. <laughs> yeah, just doing like the, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I know lots of people play dating sims with one hand, Dan. Hey, yo. <laughs> oh, we're going left. We're going left. Listen, it's, it's, it's still the morning. All right. It's still the morning time. Let, yeah. let me update the video for not for kids. I'll exactly. Right. <laughs> we're going to lose all the ad revenue. It's gone. Out the window, man. Yeah. Out the window. Oh, my God. Uh, but that Doki Doki, just to finish up real quick, that Doki Doki game looks dope, and I, I do want to play that some Play it. Yes. It's actually good. Yeah. That's one that, like... um if I listen, you know, I listen to Unlocked uh, for from IGN, and I know like Miranda's big into a lot of those games, and, and there's a couple other people in the the community that talk about those types of games, and Doki Doki always comes up yeah. as like one of the kind of the pinnacles, I think, of that. I haven't played it, but that's what I hear. Yeah, would you, you would you say, up. Travis? Would you say that's like that type of game that you were talking about, where it's just like yeah. a really good story, good gameplay, the, all that the stuff? story? Like you think it's going one way, and then something happens when you're like 25, 30 percent through the game that just changes everything and you're like what is this game and what's funny is a lot of dating sims are like that like you're like oh i would never want to play this and then like partway through the game there's like something really dark that happens and you're like what is this video <laughs> game and it just I, I just really like that they like the i think the defining trait of the dating sim genre is they're not afraid to try crazy things that other games would like never do because they're like not marketable they're yeah. like we're a dating sim we're already not marketable yeah you know what i mean so they like, know what they, us, they know where they gives lie, us yeah. freedom to just try crazy junk and, and yeah. they do a great job with it so yeah and, and show and show crazy junk too there's 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 comments piling in dan that people would pay <laughs> to uh to watch you stream this what game. have i done what have i started <laughs> oh my god I mean, I don't even know. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's got no words. Someone, someone said, Dan, hey, co-stream to, that with you. To be, that's fair, uh, to be fair, Boyfriend Dungeon does have a woman boyfriend, so a girl you can date, and a cat if you're not into if, into dating humans. But, yeah, <laughs> you can date the cat? You, you, can, you can date the cat. Does the cat turn into like a smaller? The cat becomes like a uh, brass knuckles. 
Right. That's adorable. <laughs> the cat is press knuckles. Yeah. So I mean, if you don't want to date, Travis doing live play by play. Nah, this, this comment section is hilarious, man. Everyone's like, Dan, Dan, Dan. I would dedicate my time. It's for charity. Think of the when, kids. when does 12 minutes come out? <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't come out for a while, but you know what you yeah. can play in 12 minutes? Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to release it until you Ooh. play Boyfriend Dungeon for 12 minutes. This is true. Exactly. Your, your Game Pass version of 12 minutes will not work until you complete Take Boyfriend Dungeon. my yep. subscription and do whatever you want with them because I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it will He's never exclusively to the KFC console uh, after that. <laughs> what console doesn't have that game? I'm done with all, everything. I'm, I can't game anymore. I mean, I'm, <laughs> this is where we're at. Jeez. Boyfriend Dungeon has ruined video games for Dan. Now, now <laughs> I've got to check it out. I wasn't going to check it out. Me no, too. I got to do it. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, man. But again, one of the great things. Now I can just go download it, try it. Don't like it. Doesn't matter. You know, that's the beauty of it. All right. All right. Um, let's get into some other stuff. I want to chat on this because it's it's an ongoing saga. I know we're all uh, kind of watching unfold. But this week we saw more uh, fallout from Activision Blizzard. Uh, three lead developers, including Diablo 4's game director, uh, were let go from Blizzard. A fourth and one of the other ones uh, that was um, in that picture we all saw uh, has been put on leave and he may be... Uh, on his way out as well. So clear that the, at least from a visual standpoint, they're making some changes here. Um, hopefully, you know, they've got a long way to go as we already talked about, but um, it, it's pretty significant when a game as big as Diablo four, which will be one of the biggest games in the world when it releases that the game director was just fired basically. Um, so this is pretty big news. I, um, as a gigantic Diablo fan, uh, this does concern me. But good old Rod Ferguson's over there, really good dude, and that dude knows how to get a game. The throne. Yeah, yeah, he he knows how to complete games. He gets games out the door and completes. So I'm not too worried about where Diablo Four is going to end up. I think it's going to be fine. But um, I'm just, I think many of us, you know, we kind of speak for everyone, where it's like keep going, right? There, there's a lot of trash to take out. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna take some time, and I know I, I saw uh, some of the discourse online from folks saying, um, "Why are you firing a lot of the people who haven't been in charge that long?" Like, I think the the head of uh, Blizzard who got fired um, had only been the CEO for I want to say the past two and a half, three years. So a lot of people are saying, "Well, he's not." the person who was in charge when the majority of these complaints were leveled. And I'm like, yes, that is true. But being in charge for three years and a lot of people still leveling all these complaints still means on some level you are complicit in it. Of course. So there are going to be some people that are going to be fired who might not have shouldered the brunt of the burden, but they were part of this systemic process of people feeling like they were devalued at this company, which nobody should. I mean, already you have the struggle of creating a video game and how how much it goes into that. But then coming to work and feeling unsafe and feeling like your opinion doesn't matter because of your gender or because of your experience and all that stuff. It, it's it's a terrible it's a terrible thing in an industry where people it's it, it's bleeding talent. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen many of people stay in the game industry for a few years and then they just up and quit that's yeah. it they're the most talented people they're just like i can't i can't deal with um you know working on a project and i'm basically just contract work i don't have a stable job or you know there's too much power at this company and people get away with stuff so 
I, I just I want to see more of it as much as I don't like to see, um, you know, like because there are a lot of people like make no mistake. There are a lot of people working on games like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, um, Diablo, who genuinely love what they're doing. They're decent, honest, hardworking people. And I, I don't want to see these games go up in flames because of select few individuals. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a messy scenario regardless of what happens. You know, nothing's going to be perfect. People are going to have to go. There are going to be some issues, but this is a big problem. And it the fact that it boiled up to the point where it's making headlines is evidence of how long that this stuff has been gestating. And people are going to have to go. And, and unfortunately, gamers have to separate their love for games versus the people that are working on it. Because everyone's like, you know, it's the whole topic about crunch. Everyone's like, well, I don't really care about crunch because crunch makes better games. And I'm like, don't you want the people who work on those games to be happy so they can make better games and continue making good games yeah. exactly yeah so it's just so weird how people can't separate the two but no yeah. that was all extremely well said neil Thank um you. yeah i think that you kind of nailed several points there at once um and you're right you're spot on with okay you know he hasn't been there when all these things have gone on and the sad thing is you know now that there's lawsuits against coming up and class action and people speaking out and all this, all that tells me as someone who works in a big corporation as well, is that mm -hmm. imagine all the stuff that we don't know about that's been going on. If it's bubbled up this high, mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's a ton of other examples that we don't know about that have been going on for a very long time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to take some time, but to your point, um, you know, three years, as someone as powerful and i forget the guy's name i know who you're referring to and i forget his name but someone as powerful as him for three years he could have made some significant change um and i think complicit is exactly the right word uh to use in that situation yeah so dan you want to hit these super chats got a couple of super chats first from what <laughs> time is it all right. <laughs> it's yeah, all those energy cool. drinks, man. You're yeah, literally. It's, that's what it is, man. It's basically next dimension right now. Yeah. Oh, of course. I just lost my. There was Mary. You put it up there. Good. Mariano Pompa, the $10 super chat. Thanks, man. Dan, scary gamer <laughs> dating sim. Take your pick to play. Low. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I can't play either one. Maybe a scary dating sim. Oh, you know, God. Then we just get to that. There actually are those. That's yeah, it's, it's called Resident Evil Village. You're dating. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man. This is what I need. And then Mo with the 499 Super Chat. Good morning, brethren. Cheers to you and everyone watching. Heart emoji. <laughs> Raji has colors. PlayStation is dead. That Judy. I love her. Is that a wow. It was like no, he just he random... mixed in a bunch of jokes in the community. Yeah, it's like he had a stroke was writing that poem. <laughs> Nothing makes sense, but thank you, Mo. Yes. And good morning to you. By the way, um, I chose properly in Cyberpunk, so I uh, Judy and I did get along very well. Thank you, Mo. Hmm. That's who he's referring to, by the way, Judy uh, and Cyberpunk. There's uh, a, sure, a bit of a dating sure. sim I noticed. A yeah, see, right. another another aspect right there. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, any other comments on the uh, uh, Blizzard stuff? Uh, J. Allen Brack was his name. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. him. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he he had the capability to make change and didn't. So mm -hmm. complicit is exactly right. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess uh, we've already talked about this like, yes. like three weeks in a row on the show. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I've already said like a lot about this topic, but I'll just say um, it is comforting to see that Activision is doing something. We've seen uh, other companies be in similar situations, like Ubisoft, and not really take much much action at Quantic all. Quantic Dream so, too. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that was another one. Or, or in Riot's case, they kind of had to wait it until it was like forced upon them to make any sort of changes. Uh, so, um, yeah, it is it is comforting to see something happen. We'll see if it if it if it changes anything, but it's certainly a good start. Um, and yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess that walkout must have done something, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I pose a question to y'all? Uh, sure. Of course. Okay, so in light of the whole situation that's going on with Blizzard, I spoke about um, how it's affecting a lot of people working on games right now. Um, What do you guys think is going to happen with the Call of Duty reveal? Not necessarily the fact that they're announcing the game, like, oh yeah, we know there's a new Call of Duty, but how it's going to affect PlayStation's partnership with Activision. Because I know at the end of the day, money talks and people, gamers are they're easily swayed away from controversy if you put something shiny in front of them. But do you think this might have any long-term um, ramifications going forward? Because, I mean, if they do announce this Call of Duty thing at this rumored state of play, um, do you think it's going to be kind of strange that, like, okay, we're promoting this new Call of Duty game and then all these people are dealing with harassment at the same company and everything? Yeah, I, I actually have a pretty strong opinion here that it will not affect anything for, mm-hmm. for a few reasons. One, I think the amount of people who play or care about call of duty and know about what's happening with activision is extremely small i, th- exactly. I think the overlap there's almost non-existent i think it's something that we all care about because we're in the industry but the average player who's just buying the next call of duty game or getting hyped to hop into a multiplayer lobby they, they have almost zero awareness of this and I, I would guess that the overlap is pretty small so i don't think it'll affect most people, obviously, I think it probably puts a sour taste in the mouth for, for the PlayStation people who probably signed this contract a long time ago and, and you know, are, are obligated to show off the game, uh, regardless of how they feel. It's going to feel weird for people in the industry who are like observing it. Like, yeah, this game looks cool. But on the other hand, there's some messed up stuff going on. But I think, you know, we're the we're the tip of the iceberg. We're like the people who can see above the water. And, and that is a very small most people are just can complete like either they don't care or they just don't have that awareness of the industry and and i think that's uh it's probably gonna have minimal effect on on the the actual reveal and 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 the sales or mm-hmm. anything like that yeah, yeah. it that's is nonetheless important yeah. to be happening it's just i don't think it's gonna have a, a big impact at the end of the day yeah, yeah. I, I would tend to agree um as sad as that is you know i guess there should be some impact there but it's yeah steve who writes for us wrote a good article and then and you know you have this mentality of people who are saying they're not going to support activision and blizzard games um and, and that's obviously their right to do that but then you have as we all know right there are these thousands of developers that whose livelihood depends on people buying the game that they're working on too yeah um so it's this kind of catch-22 but i think you're right i think we did see this week, or I should say over the past couple of weeks, a few big companies start to pull back their uh, sponsorship of various Activision Blizzard things. And what I told people I talk to on a daily basis is that's when you'll start to see change. As sad as it is, when you start to see the companies like Coca-Cola and you know the mm-hmm. billions and billions of dollar companies start to pull back their $100 million advertising contracts from Activision Blizzard events because of what's going on. And you're real. that's when you start really hitting the... Uh, the executive level um, of Activision Blizzard, that's when you'll start to see change. Uh, and I and think there were stock dropped. Yeah, exactly right. I yeah. mean, you know, their stock dropped 12%. Bobby Kotick was on the, you know, he was out in front the next you, day. Oh and- my God. Cause you remember the first report they came out saying, like, oh, these are all overblown. And then when the yeah. stock dropped, he was like, oh, listen, <laughs> we at Blizzard <laughs> yes. do not tolerate. It's like crazy, man. It's just, 
it's sad, but it's clockwork. You know, that that is the state of these companies yeah. and the that is the the negative aspects of capitalism, right? Yeah. Is the the matter of fact is that as soon as you hit these companies where their stock and their pocketbooks and you're talking about millions of dollars taken away from people who are already abundantly millionaires, um, it's sad that that's what it takes to really start to make fun. Isn't that the change. positive thing of capitalism, though? Is that you can well, stick it? Yeah. Yes, on, in theory, it. right? In you theory, know, yeah. but how long has this been going on, and how much money have they already made? You know what I mean? There, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a self-correcting cycle that I wish self-corrected faster. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it's just because we didn't know about it, right? Or at, yeah. least the, at public at large. But. Yeah. So, but I mean, like Overwatch, uh, Pro League lost one of its sponsors um, two weeks ago, and then another one said they're not covering an Activision event. And I, as soon as that started happening, I was like, now you'll start to see stuff. Now you'll start to see change. Um, and I, it would be real interesting. The reason I was thinking about this as you asked the question, Neo, is if PlayStation just came out and said, yeah, we're not going to renew with Call of Duty. I don't think they will because mm-hmm. um, Call of Duty is just it's too big, as you yeah. guys alluded to. Um, yeah. But if that were to happen and, you know, someone like Xbox said, yeah, we're not we're not going with you either. Um, that would be an interesting shift. Yeah. In the dynamics of, you know, the marketing aspect. Nintendo, now's your time. Exactly. <laughs> you got that exclusive the Switch. Call of Duty Pro League that on War Zone, Online. Warzone at 360p. Oh, we got this. <laughs> Just get on your phone to chat with your teammates and yeah. Oh god. With motion controls, gyroscope. <laughs> shooting around like this. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I, I think it's, um, you know, obviously we all wish that empathy would be the reason that they would make changes, but capitalism got done with em- what empathy couldn't. So yeah. I, guess, I, guess, I guess that's one way <laughs> feelings, to... <laughs> feelings don't matter in the pursuit of making yeah. money these days. It's all yeah. the pocketbook. Yep. But you could also, and I'm certainly not getting in a debate about capitalism. That's not what this show's for. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought it was on the run of show. I no, no, no. But what I was going to say is capitalism some of the issues we're talking about the pure focus on sales and revenue and crunch and all those things are because of capitalism, right? It's getting the top product at the lowest possible cost. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm saying it should be laissez-faire everyone. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So there's, again, as with almost everything in life, there's good and bad, you know, most of life lives in the gray. um, And uh, it's just tough, but I, long story short, I think we all, Overwhelmingly, all of us are in agreement that uh, we hope Did to continue. Did you just express a moderate opinion, Ains? <laughs> this is yeah. the internet. It's either I'm the worst thing ever or it's, it's Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> this is not dogmatic gaming. What podcast am I? Dogmatic. Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> all right. So we here's a, uh, the best segue I can make out of this topic. Mm. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Nintendo, and they had an Indies <laughs> event this week. And then uh, Xbox also had their Twitch event. So uh, I, I've i joked about this uh, Twitch event that Xbox did a few months ago. And, and I understand it's really cool for the creators and some of the indie games that get put on display. But the, the way they handled this showcase is just not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's bad to watch. I, thought, I was hoping this one would be different. Yep. It wasn't. I lasted maybe ten minutes, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. It, it's That's just not- I, I didn't even watch. It. I saw that first one, and I I like it from the first of developers getting to show their games. That's awesome. That's yeah, fantastic. fantastic. But with, with the length of time that they were sitting there, I'm just like, yo, y'all could have just like uploaded this on YouTube as an individual <laughs> dev yes. diary. You could have done like a highlight reel, like, okay, here's the game. We'll talk to the devs for like three minutes, and then the showcase could be like maybe half an hour. 
45. That's it. But we were sitting in there for how long was that thing? Like three and a half hours? <laughs> it was five a while. hours. All I know is I had <laughs> breakfast like before the stream. I left it I, towards the end of the stream and I made a protein shake and I came back and that stream is still going. I was like, what is going on here, bro? <laughs> wow. Yeah, we said the same thing after the first one. It's like the games, great. Show the games. But exactly what you just said. It's like, okay, have a couple minute conversation where you show the game what it's about and then say you can find the developer, the the studio, more information on our YouTube channel or Twitch or whatever it may be. It's just not what they do. And it just it's, doesn't make for good watching. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know between, uh, and the Indies event on Nintendo side was obviously pretty short. It was, you know, one of their just quick indie presentations. Snappy. Um, yeah, yeah. Really which is fine, right? Down, you're, right. you're showing the games, get through mm-hmm. it, you know, anything jump out to you. I know Travis, you said you were checking out the Nintendo event when, before we yeah. started the show. Actually, I saw a lot of like on the Xbox side, uh, evil genius Two, uh, mm-hmm. the big con, uh, Sable, which uh, I played a demo for. E3. Sable has been shown a few times. Yeah, it looks yeah, good. It's been shown a few times. And then uh, Origami 2, which I did a preview nice. for at IGN. I've actually um, played that game, um, and I, I was happy to see it there. So, um, But on the Nintendo side, they had Axiom Verge 2, yes. which mm-hmm. uh, the first Axiom Verge is awesome. Uh, the new Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight Pocket, which uh, I'll try. It's got Shovel Knight in it, so it probably is good. Um, I have a Dan-like opinion on Shovel Knight, mm. but we're not going to get into it at the moment. Really? You don't I like need to, I need some spiciness. Really? We, we, we need to establish this as dogmatic gaming. You can go out of opinion. I need the spicy hot take. Let's go. Really? What's the hot take? Okay. I, I would be very interested to hear because to me, that's like picture-perfect oh platforming. It's, oh, it boy. Yeah. What, what, what is it? Mega Man. I don't know. I would actually I, say it's better than most of the Mega Man games. So I grew, you know, Ouch. we've talked about it. Grew up a 16-bit era, right? Adore yeah. 2D platformers, uh, all those games. I, I and Luke's already popping off in the chat. Uh, Shovel Knight. <laughs> I, I, you know, I heard all these great things about it, right? Rated really high. A lot of people really love it. I jumped in. I played it for a few hours, and I'm like, what? What? No, like no. This it's not what? good. Be specific. So the problem is, is it it tries to be an eight bit style platformer, right? But the problem is, is that this is going to sound really ridiculous. I realize, but bear with me. It accomplishes it too well, meaning <laughs> meaning that it literally feels like the game was made in the eighties. Um, whereas the other modern games that are kind of throwbacks to that era, they take what was great about those games right but they modernize all the aspects that weren't so great and there's plenty of looking back 30 years later there's plenty of aspects of those games that weren't great we just loved them at the time so you look at all these fantastic games we're talking about um and i i I always go back to rogue legacy because i think it's one of the the greatest kind of modern 2d roguelike games uh from a gameplay perspective that plays into like the ghouls and ghosts side or even the new ghouls and ghosts remastered or ghosts and goblins remastered amazing Shovel Knight just, it literally was like you went back to the 80s and played one of those games and had all the same faults. Mm. And I was just like, I don't I don't know why this game is so celebrated. Yeah, I I, I just completely disagree with that. And maybe, maybe because... <laughs> that was like such a polite way of saying, yeah, yeah. you. You, you yeah, are I just, uh, 100% wrong. And here's I, I just, exactly. Maybe, maybe, Ains, maybe you haven't played one of those games from the 80s and seen how, how janky those games feel today. Because, like, if you go back and play the original Mega Man, like, obviously those games are still great. But they... They really, really like feel like old games, and Shovel Knight yes. felt like to me, which now Shovel Knight is kind of an old game, weirdly. Um, 
to me it felt it felt like it improved in so many eras like the story and the formula and the kind of i i just i mean obviously i think you're probably you probably know you're in the minority here so i don't have yes. to like pile on here but that surprises me as you you're you're the hipster i know that, that's man. those are my games that's what i'm saying yeah. those are my games and that game i was so excited to play it because of everything i'd heard and the more i played it i'm just like um, did you beat it did you get through the whole i game? did not beat it no okay but I did. It wasn't like half an hour. I played it for hours. Um, and okay. I was just like, yeah, mm. no. Yeah, I I love that game. It's one of my all time. So yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be excited for a pocket. It doesn't look like it's going to be like you know effectively a shovel knight two, but I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, it looks um, Are they still working on shovel knight two? What's the story on that? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard anything about it for a long time. My policy with these things is that unless I see it, I just assume it doesn't exist. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, my policy is unless I can click start and the game loads, I don't believe it exists. <laughs> really? Wow, that's uh, that's even more extreme. Like, yeah, because you know, some like because I, I just I grew up in that era where you know, because Square Enix they announced games like ten years in advance. It's like yeah. you announced Final yeah. Fantasy Versus Thirteen when I'm in eighth grade, and dang, it took ten years. You got it though. It exists. Unfortunately, it exists. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. They showed um they showed Metal Slug Tactics too, which I again Metal hmm. Slug, great franchise. I love those games. Um, but this this looks like a different take on it. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, to be honest, yeah. I don't watch either showcase, so I don't really have too much input. It's been a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> they also Loop Hero. They showed that on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, Far Changing Tides, which is a sequel to um. Alone sales, far alone sales. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, there there were quite a few that I was like, all right. I mean, I I play like a, a just a ton of these indie games, so uh, yeah. that that's that's basically all either of these shows were. But um, a lot of them are things I either played or got to see behind closed doors at the last E three that happened in person. Yeah. So it feels <laughs> like a lot of these these uh, these guys got dipped into carbon freeze during COVID and they're finally starting to <laughs> thaw out. And I'm seeing some of these games that I know were at like, like some of them seem like they were almost done. Like Evil Genius 2, dude, I, I saw a build of that game like at the last in-person E3 and I was like, oh yeah, this game's coming out like later this year, right? Yeah. And it, you know, I think, I think uh, COVID really had an impact on a lot of these guys that uh, is finally starting, I'm starting to see a lot of these indies um, come out because let's be honest, the triple A's and double A's, if they're getting delayed with the resources they have and the ability to go remote, I can't imagine how much it's impacted the Indies. And we're probably not hearing a lot from them because their delays aren't big news because they typically don't have release dates until yeah. like really, really far down the line. But um, <laughs> I can't imagine how much a lot of these indie games have been affected by um, having to go remote. So I, yeah. I think we're finally starting to see some of those uh, get pushed out. Yeah. Uh, Beast Mode asks, is Team Cherry still independent? I I have no idea. I think so, yeah. I don't think they've been uh, acquired yeah, by anybody. Yeah, if they were picked up, I'm sure we probably would have heard about it. Um, yeah, let me see. So. Team Cherry. Uh, indie Games Developer in South Australia. Uh, no, it doesn't say anything. Yeah, nope. Mm -mm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll hear from them soon. We got a... Uh, a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to right. read this one. I, gave, I already read the super chat, but Dan, you want to you want to hit it up? Uh, this one's uh, aimed at Neo, and uh, it's an uh -oh. interesting one. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Oh Mex no. <laughs> Mexican <laughs> Zoidberg for the five dollars super chat. Thank you, buddy. Oh crap! Here comes Neo. Hide your grandmas, everyone. <laughs> Here comes Chris. Gilf Chase Chaser. 
extraordinary. All right. So is, it, not, is there, you want to try and explain this one, Neil? <laughs> I, I'm going to try to explain it. I'm going to stay as PG as, as possible because I, I respect the shows. <laughs> At least somebody does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, one time I let it slip on a live stream that I went on a date with a woman who is 20 years older than me. Right. And then from there, of course, my co-host of the show was just like, oh, so you chasing them gifts. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how someone who's like 48, 40. Well, she, she was like 49. I don't know how that's a guilt, bro. And he was just like, yeah, that's a guilt, bro. And then, you know, everybody in the comment section, Mexicans, Lloyd Berg, I see you, bro. They're just like, oh, yeah, Neo, he's a guilt chaser, man. Like, if, if, if she don't have an AARP card, then Neo don't want to talk to her. And I was like, that's why I don't talk about things. That's where all this started, man. There's like two gilfs in this show for you to chase. So, oh no, uh, Travis, no, Travis, Travis! I thought we had something, bro. You just, you <laughs> did, I'm just saying, like you got Don't Ains and Dan here. They're looking pretty. <laughs> oh. oh my! Sunday God. savagery. Good lord. <laughs> Sunday savagery. <laughs> Luke says they're so talented. Who? Hopefully not the gilfs. <laughs> nice. Oh man, it's just nice. All right, let's uh, let's jump. God, let's jump over to uh, Gamescom. Uh, I know we'll be talking more about this in the coming weeks, but I just wanted to sh- uh, kind of give an update that you know, for those of you who are unaware, you know, Gamescom is uh, uh, typically one of the biggest shows of the year. Um, Late August, it's coming. Opening Night Live with Jeff Keighley's starting on August 25th, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Xbox has announced the showcase the day prior on August 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific. I know uh, Paris is helping host that again. Um, and so they here's what they said about it. It's not a big like E3-level showcase from them. But what they said is uh, previously announced Xbox Game Studios titles, uh, updates on those along with third-party partners, and some of the incredible titles coming to Xbox uh, this holiday, including Xbox Game Pass. So, again, it should just be updates on on new things coming. But I guess um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is PlayStation. Where the hell has PlayStation been? And we keep hearing about this rumor uh, state of play that we're going to get. Do you think we get a state of play this month? Do you think they show up at Gamescom? I mean, by the time Gamescom hits, we're in the last week of August, right? And you're basically getting into the fall quarter. And as of this moment, correct me if I'm wrong, PlayStation has not themselves said that Horizon's been delayed. Everyone else has kind of said it's confirmed. We've heard from developers. But PlayStation hasn't talked about it. In fact, PlayStation hasn't talked about much of anything um, coming this fall uh, from them or any of the partnerships. So do you think we hear from PlayStation here in the next week or two as part of either Gamescom or their own event? I feel like PlayStation thought that they kind of had a mic drop moment with with like the God of War reveal and the Horizon reveal, but the mic actually just landed on the table and <laughs> didn't fall all the way to the floor. And and they're kind of like, hey, what's going on? And all you know, then State of Play started trending last week on Twitter, but it was actually a thing for a Russell Crowe movie. So I was like super excited. Was, <laughs> oh like, my god, what? I was like, what is was that, that real? Yeah, no, it was real. It's like, actually Russell called Russell, Russell Crowe. Well, Russell Crowe asked, what are some of your favorite Russell Crowe movies? And one of his movies is State of Play, I think. And so I started yeah. trending <laughs> with like Master and Commander of the World or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. No. <laughs> this is not exactly what I was looking for. So I don't know what the hell PlayStation's doing. I wish they'd come out and just... I've always been somebody that's, you know, just be upfront. Mm. You know, tell the truth. I don't care what it is. You know, everybody seems to be fine with delays anyway. 
So we know it, you know, it's eventually going to be happening. You know, it's always, you know, make your best game, take your time, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, whatever, right? Just, just tell us when, you know, stop, you know, playing around. And, and that's, that's my biggest thing with all this stuff. Like if, if you're going to delay it, you know, I mean, there is a 8,000 templates online that you can find, you know, you know, a message from the developer insert why you're doing it covid and then something else just make you it know. bright yellow and it'll yeah, attract everything right. else that's all you gotta do i mean there is a you know everybody knows how to do it right now you know 2020 as in 2021 has taught us you know at least how to do that it's fine i don't care just be upfront. i'm just tired of waiting yeah say something yeah. just don't make it you know completely you know we have no idea you know as, as far as the xbox event yeah, we'll see what happens it's got to be better than the twitch thing <laughs> you know, so but the uh, the the abandoned jokes are already coming in. Uh, oh I can't even deal with that. I was gonna yeah. make one, but yeah, I, I abandoned the effort. <laughs> Travis, <Damn>. go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to remove him from the show here. Um, I will do it now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that boy horror five pound super chat hasn't PlayStation been abandoned? Oh, good yeah. lord! Something has been. Man. Yeah, that's, that'll be their state of play. It'll just be a 12 second trailer of Abandon. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be some guy you walking have to go to their in the app. opposite direction. You have to yeah, right. first. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this whole PlayStation thing, I mean. I'm not gonna lie. The more time passes, the more I don't want to say pissed off because I, I don't really get pissed off over video games and them not telling me stuff. But if you were gaming on the PlayStation from the latter half of the PS3's life up until the end of the PS4's life, just looking at how consumer-driven and how very much so in the same way that Xbox is right now with engaging with their audiences, having fun on Twitter, like just random stuff to get people excited. We saw that with PlayStation way before social media was even a thing. The excitement and the aura and the energy you got from PlayStation experience and, and mm -hmm. all those things we saw. Now we're seeing a shift towards a much more corporate driven PlayStation where we're going to tell you stuff whenever we want to. And it's not fun. I mean, yes, yeah. at the end of the day, if they drop 20 banger exclusives that are all fantastic quality, high caliber, that's awesome. But just like the caginess of not coming out there and saying like, hey, we want to tell you about Horizon. Like they don't need to have an event with a trailer and then say spring 2022. They don't need to do that. All they got to do is just come out and be open and honest with people. Like, that's it. Like, they keep yeah. saying how, oh, we're all one family, consumers, gamers. Like, you know, the whole thing they always say. Like, we we, we don't know console wars. Yeah. And then it's like they, they do this, this cagey behavior where they don't say anything. And just like simple stuff, like simple updates, like we're working to address these issues. It's like we have to look deep into a PlayStation blog post to see that, oh, they're working on fixing things. Instead of xbox saying hey we're working on fixing this issue you guys have tweeted us like i don't know man and it, it's just it's just say what you're working on like we we have no idea of any upcoming playstation 5 exclusive games we don't know any of them like we know they're in development but we don't know a single one the only things we know about is horizon for uh fort so wow horizon <laughs> gran turismo and god of war all three of them which are cross which are obvious ones right i mean those are yeah. the obvious ones Exactly. So it's just like, well, I want to get excited about other stuff other than, okay, well, we know Naughty Dog's probably working on something. 
And then, oh, I just remembered that they're trying to remake The Last of Us, and that's just another disappointing thing. Like, really? <laughs> we could have been doing something else, but you're giving us a game that came out a few years ago. Okay. But yeah, it's, I mean, I'll be excited when they announce the event and we see something. But as of right now, it's like, I love my PS5. I like Ratchet and Clank. I like Returnal. But other than that, I don't see anything that I couldn't already get on my PS4 right now. And I know you could say the same thing about Xbox, but at least Xbox, we know next year we're playing those next generation exclusives and we know what they're going to somewhat play like, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think you're alone there. I've talked about this, you know, Joe obviously running the trophy room PlayStation podcast, and I've talked with him quite a bit about this. And the same thing, it's just, you guys both said it already, it's transparency. Just come out and talk with your community. Um, It's like they've just kind of gone behind the curtain, if you will. And it it does feel a little odd. I don't know why that is, because obviously the PS5 is selling like hotcakes. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, it's it's setting records in that regard, even despite the uh, lack of supply. And, um, you know, there's still this uh, just global, obviously, adoration for PlayStation as a, as a brand and as a um, console. And it just it just feels weird. It feels like there's a disconnect, right, between what you're doing here for your fans and, and or what you used to do for your fans and what you're doing now, exactly as you said. So, Travis, what do you think, man? Yeah, um, I think PlayStation probably has tr- some tricks up its sleeve. Um, they usually I do. Think- yeah. I, I think they probably are playing their cards uh, close to the chest right now because they have been victims in the past of announcing games too early. You know, sure. we saw mm-hmm. we saw Last of Us 2 and Uncharted 4 at their E3 events like three or four years in a row each. Like it was, you know, it got, it got kind of ridiculous toward the end. And I think in a certain extent, they've sort of run out of steam in certain cases by revealing things too soon and then not having uh, anything to reveal at the next event or just show the same game uh, again. And Microsoft took the opposite approach where they started to rein in how early they were announcing games and that hurt them in the beginning. But now they've got all these games that they're just like, haha, we're working on this, we're working on this. Um, And I think that that has sort of helped them. But that said, Sony's a pretty savvy company. They're sort of just showing they're they're proving it just by doing to be honest like ratchet and clank just dropping it and just being like this game's out like play it it's probably one of the best games you'll play this year uh you know um uh we were just talking about um returnal drop here it's a great game probably one of the best games you'll play this year and i think they'll continue to do that with death loop this year uh that uh second or third party deal that they uh, secured with uh, bethesda they'll they'll have that they'll have god of war next year they'll have um uh, Horizon Zero Dawn next year. Obviously, it would be nice if they gave us more info, but I actually don't think um, Sony is talking to us less. I just think that Microsoft is talking more and they're controlling the conversation. And I think that that has been why it seems like Sony's being non-communicative and not and being worse than they've usually been. It's because Microsoft is so on their game and this is what pushes good companies to get better, right? Is when their com- competition is doing things that uh, is making them step up. And I think Microsoft, constant announcements of Game Pass, full transparency, all their stuff, always having news to talk about and and, and stuff like that. I think it's making PlayStation look uh, distant and non-communicative just by comparison, even though they're probably not doing that much different uh, from what they've done in the past. Sony has always been sort of mysterious and aloof and, and kept their cards pretty close to their best. Uh, and then had those massive events where they just like reveal everything all at once. So I think they'll continue to do that. Um, if they'll continue to be as successful as they've had in the past with the current version of Xbox that we're getting, I don't know. 
Um, but, but yeah, I, th I think they're probably just sticking to their playbook and, uh, and keeping people guessing and, and, and we'll have, uh, ways to surprise us that we don't, we don't know about yet. That's the hopeful me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, this was the question I was going to pose, which Pompa put up there. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. Yeah. Is it Sony? Sony has been silent or Microsoft has been talkative. That's exactly what we're kind of talking about. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I I think yeah I think it's a little of X a little of Y. Uh, Microsoft is on their game as you said, and they're just. But Microsoft had a lot more to prove, right? And we've talked yeah. about this coming into the generation. I mean, Sony. That's why I hope they keep losing. I want them to lose. <laughs> no doubt. I it's, love it's the best. underdog Xbox. Them getting punched it. from Xbox One in the mouth is the best thing never happened to Xbox. I oh, mean, absolutely. it really is. Yeah, absolutely. And probably the games industry for people who care about it. Like it, it's this is competition again. Not yeah. to not to harp on how much capitalism is awesome. But like we're <laughs> yeah. back here again. Like it's great. They as as iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like looking at the uh the whole indie game scene. Like I remember when they first came out with XBLA Arcade. Um, Microsoft was all about the indies. Yeah, and then great times. PlayStation Four front and center e3 all their events indies 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 that went away and then now it's xbox again so <laughs> you want your companies to yeah. actually like if they are on a pedestal you want to make sure that they know that listen this pedestal can be yanked in a matter of just a few years if you keep screwing up and, and yeah. that's that's what's important yeah yeah it's interesting um and it is cyclical it's funny how it don't know how that always happens, but it's it's run yeah. through for decades now. It's very strange. So, um, anything else, games, you man? I mean, that's that's always the biggest thing with me is just give me some stuff. And like <laughs> Neo said, just give be honest. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, transparency goes a long way with with the fans, and you know, it, sometimes it seems like you know we're just constantly waiting, but you know, it, I'm sure stuff will kind of even out eventually. You know, it always does work. Well, yeah, and and forth, you know, that's that's it. So. And we were just saying that we're inundated with games to play anyway. Yeah. It's not like there's not games to play, right? right. It's it just I think we're so used to anticipation. Anticipation is one of the biggest aspects of the gaming community. It's always yeah. looking forward to what the next big thing is, especially um, this time and, of year. Yeah. If there's like if there's over 10 million PlayStations out there, I think maybe it's like 15 million now or something like that. I think it's uh, 10. you have to. 10.1 as of the end of the quarter. Got yeah. it. You have to you have to imagine that Sony's doing extremely well with third parties, that they're getting the lion's share of like third party sales at this point. Yes. With, with yes. that many consoles out there, at least yep. at least for the, the the biggest whales of the gaming industry who buy the console first and purchase like multiple games a year or, or a month even, um, they're probably doing very well for themselves. So, yeah, I think they said um, that it was on the cusp of being profitable. The PS5 and they're not going to lose any money, so that's the thing. it hasn't even been yeah. Yeah, yeah the the yeah. disc drive one they said in their quarterly report the disc drive one is now profitable. Yeah, digital. I don't think it'll be profitable. <laughs> Probably not for a while. Yeah. No, the digital price was definitely uh, we've got to get in there undercut. You know, they're I don't even know how Microsoft. I I'd be very interested to see how much it takes them to manufacture a Series S because I know they're losing money on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, they can. Yeah, they can. Exa exactly. They can yeah, in one the Game can. Pass box, right? They're going to make yeah. it back on the back end as always. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Anything else, you guys? Uh, Gamescom. Um, you know, we've we've had our E3. Gamescom's not that big, but there usually are some decent announcements at Gamescom. I mean, anything that you expect or are looking forward to or would like to see from either Xbox, Nintendo, or um, PlayStation at Gamescom. 
How about just, does it have to be that? I mean, I, give me a new Bioshock already. Show me what the hell they're working <laughs> really? on. Yeah, they've supposedly been working on it for a while. Yeah, they, I want right. to see what Ken Levine's been working on, to be honest. Yeah, that, he's, that'd be he's working on something else, too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's doing his own thing. It'll be awesome. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, probably be good. Yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll be super pretentious and, yeah. and, you know, really high level, but also really, really good. Yeah. So. yeah. I just want yeah. the guy who runs the abandoned Twitter account to have his own showcase. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes out on stage and just like rambles. How do you tune then, into it? And then, and then he retracts his own statements like, seconds later. He just walks uh, across the stage and then walks off. And that's yeah. straight yeah. up. <laughs> From one side to the yeah, other. Through yeah, stage lights. The whole abandoned show. Yeah. I think it'll be a smaller event this year. I think this will probably yes. be the smallest Gamescom has been, and, and it's it'll be sad because it, it, Gamescom was like the fastest growing. Yeah, it was. It's much bigger than E3, but in terms of announcements, it was starting to really pick up steam. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and some of the some of the players that were leaving E3 were going to Gamescom just because fans are there, so it's like a better marketing opportunity for them. And uh, I think I think this year it probably will be smaller just by virtue of so many games getting delayed and, and all the stuff that continues to go on with the global pandemic. Yeah, um, it is 100% digital. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think it'll be smaller than it usually is, but um, I'm not really sure what to expect in terms of announcements. I think it'll probably be smaller ones, a chance for Gamescom has always been a chance for like smaller games to shine or, or us to get a closer look at games we already know are coming out. And I, th- I think it'll be true this year yeah. as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do for this Gamescom because um I mean, between the two events, Gamescom and E3, uh, usually there is a lot of, um, like, basically, like, because E3 has gotten a, a, I don't want to say pretentious, but it's gotten a stigma of being that event where only the big players show up. You know what I'm saying? Grandiose. Grandiose, exactly. So then Gamescom is, like, where you'd have, like, not like the games are inconsequential, but, you know, like, okay, well, we don't want to compete with the Giants, the Juggernauts, so we'll go to Gamescom. But after what I saw at this year's E3, I, I'm I'm kind of like losing hope on any of these events until the world is fully back to normal because it's like you said, Travis, everything is impacted. I know a lot of people because, you know, every now and then you, you, you look into a YouTube comment section, not this comment section. This comment section is awesome. <laughs> but um, every now and then you look into a comment section and then you hear somebody say like, oh, why is this game getting delayed or why doesn't um, Xbox have more this year than Halo or why doesn't PlayStation have this? And it's just like people don't understand that game development is it's going to be impacted to a crazy degree for the next two years and a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to production the games that have gotten hit the hardest are not the games that have released in the past year it's the games that are starting a production middle of the way that have transitioned to work from home because game development a lot of it, it yeah a lot of it can be just coding or something but a lot of it sometimes is like, oh, hey, Travis is in the cubicle down there. It's like, Travis, come over here. Can you go and check this over? I need someone else's opinion. Like a lot of that collaborative effort. So if they can't get that collaborative effort, because, you know, it's different virtually, um, they're going to push the game. And that's why I anticipate, OK, if we don't see anything that's crazy monumental or something that I can play within the next couple months, I'm not going to lose sleep over it just because I know like you guys are just doing the best that you can. So if I see some cool things there. I'm excited if I don't. Hey, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. A couple of the comments from Beast Mode and the Dean Files. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of games that are supposedly still 2021 for Xbox, like Crossfire X, Scorn, The Gunk. Um, oh, we have Halo Infinite. 
Yeah, so we What's that? people are expecting we definitely Halo have never talked about Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what is this is Master Chef. No, we, we don't have a date for it. Technically, it's still, it still True. could not come this year. Uh oh, we've talked about this. Doesn't have a release date. It doesn't have a release date. I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the the Twitter post that says. Yeah. An update on Halo Infinite from three four three, and it's just a freaking URL. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, like, like here's the thing: Xbox is releasing games in December that have release dates. And yeah, we I know if Halo I, comes out this year, it's coming Call out before Duty. December, and it's no, like Call Duty, release man. Date. No, Call Phil, Duty. Phil himself, not even Bonnie Ross. Phil himself came out and said, "Yeah, Halo's ready. We're just waiting on some other third party announcements before we we announce the date." He said you, that like two weeks ago. You would think where's, that, like behind that the scenes, date? yeah, you would think behind Call the Duty scenes on that date. level. Yeah, and I think the reason That's is why. because yeah, it's it's Call a really big SHIT show. Yes, it does. It does. It always does. Absolutely Usually they announced it. They used to. Okay, so here's the thing. They used to announce it at E3, right? They used to announce it like somewhere between May and June. Oh wait, yeah. they revealed it in May, announced it in June. But I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, because the development of this game is rocky, or because Warzone is now a thing. <laughs> All three. They've been announced. Yeah, they've been announcing <laughs> it later and later in the year. But we're halfway through August now, and they yeah. haven't even said anything, which is so yeah. weird. This is the latest yeah. Call of Duty's ever gone into the year without being shown. Um, so when they announce it, oh, being next- shown is different. But usually we don't get a release date. To, like I, like like uh, Neil was saying, they've they've sort of started to announce the release date later and later, and later and later. They Halo, have. you get one every six years. You know when it's coming, like miles away, and everybody steers clear. Now you got all these game releases coming yeah. out in the fall that don't know which week to avoid because they do not want to launch on the same week as Halo, especially if they're a shooter. And then so, here comes Battlefield. Battlefield. We've got Battlefield as well. Uh, it's October, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, alpha. it's alpha, man. I mean, I guess so. Was Halo. Uh, no, I wouldn't even call it that. But Dang. Um, anyway, um, yeah, between Battlefield and uh, Call of Duty, we think, you know, it was also coming later in the year. Call of Duty used to be an October boom, right? Like people would move out of the way. Call of Duty's landing in October. And last year, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. It came out later than usual. I'm pretty sure it was in November uh, because last year. I thought, I thought all Halo the cods. Window. I thought all the cods were in November for the most part. Y- yeah, you uh, can double. I may be wrong, yeah. but I I swear it came out later last year. Uh, I, I Col- think I think uh, Call of Duty has always been like October, and and Halo usually comes out in November. All right, let me but, see. Okay, so going off of, we'll, we'll just stick to like 2013. Um, you know, just like that. That's a weird, like, that's a weird the, year to stick to. <laughs> yeah, like or like the past couple, of, like, yeah, like the last generation. Yeah. yeah um, everybody knows that. Yeah, all of them have been early November for the really? most part. Yeah, early November, like that first second week of November. Yeah, like like Black Ops Three was November fifth. Inf- Infinite Warfare was November fourth. Okay, um, so first week November. Yeah, Black Ops Black Four. Well, here's the thing. Here's the outlier. Black Ops 4 was October. Okay. So they, yeah. And then I know Cold That's War, you you mentioned this year's development's rocky too, because the whole sledgehammer thing, we won't get into yeah. again, but the, the development cycle has kind of been shifted. So I don't know. I, I'm fully confident. And maybe I'm just saying this to please myself, but I'm fully confident Halo is still releasing this year. I've said all along, I think it'll oh, be yeah. the first week of December Halo release. I think they'll come after Call of Duty and Battlefield. Um, really? Yes. But also, Halo multiplayer is free to play. 
Um, mm. And we know, I mean, having played that game a few weeks ago, it's ready. That game feels so good. Um, oh, okay. Okay. You, we don't know that it's ready. Game modes, there's maps. Like, there's a lot of considerations. I love, I love Halo. It's just like, it's, it worries me that we don't have a release date yet. I just, even, I mean, Phil's talking, but like, where's the release date? I just nah. don't, I don't get nah, it. Nah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. It's coming. All right. All right. Coming. There's a little, little bead of sweat rolling down. In Were you saying bit. this last year too? Uh, I did up until a point. Yes. Um, but then when they delayed it, I, I actually thought they would launch in the spring. So I was wrong about that. Yeah. I think they well, last, year. last year we had a release date. We did. Yes. No, but I mean, when they delayed it, right, and they said it's yeah. not going to make 2020, I thought they would release in the spring. I didn't really yeah. think they'd take a whole year, but it, obviously I'm glad they have. So I'm glad it did. It, li- it lines up with the anniversary, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got a 20 year anniversary. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um, I believe you. Say it again. I said, I believe you. <laughs> you don't care nearly as much, but yeah. he just wants be. it to come out no. so that you'll stop talking about it on the show. Right. He's like, please. Like, there's there's at least a three month like buffer after it comes out that it's just going to be like all our thumbnails will be some kind of Halo related thing. It'll yeah. be just going to be chief in different positions. Yeah, it'll be. It'll yeah, be like, problem. Oh, they just announced God of War, but then there's like a Master Chief helmet. You're gonna have one episode dedicated to the campaign, then yeah. multiplayer first impressions, oh, yeah. then oh, yeah. first drop, then this, then that. Yeah. I think I should do the season gaming campaign review. Um, let me check. Yeah. Nope. No. All right. That was all the effort I was going to put into that. <laughs> you're, but besides, you're on the Valhalla DLC. So, yeah, that, oh, that. Me, that's true. That could take me until probably January. Jesus. So, fair enough. Maybe you have to pay for that? Yeah. No, no, no. The DLC? Yeah. No, oh, it's we, free? We, 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 we no, got, well, no, no, it is. It is. It is no, yeah, it's paid it's, DLC. Pay for it. Yeah, we got. We got oh, okay. okay. Forward, Dang. Yeah. How much? Like 15 bucks? Please say 15 bucks. It's pass is thirty, I think. Oh Jesus, you no. you know no. should not, not you to that completely change the topic, but the other thing that annoys me with these too, because you know Ubisoft is big on their gold editions and ultimate yeah. editions, right? You get the game, you get the season pass ahead of time. So this second expansion that we've been joking about just came out. What was it like two weeks ago, Dan? The Paris one? Yeah. No, like two days ago. Oh, okay. yeah, just, two days ago. Yeah. Just came out, right? The season pass. That you pay full price for at launch, or you buy your gold edition or whatever, it's literally on sale right now on Xbox yes. and PlayStation for like thirty five percent off, dude. Yeah. So it's like you're not why. even releasing the expansion until your season pass goes on sale. Why Bro. would you ever buy it at launch? I bought yeah. uh, last year because you know I, I kind of wanted to get back into Assassin's Creed. I I, I feel that after Syndicate, I, I enjoyed Syndicate, but that was like the last one I played. Um, so I didn't play Origins, I didn't play Odyssey, and I just asked people on Reddit. I was like, "Hey, uh, which one should I get? Origins or Odyssey?" Everyone, for the most part, said Odyssey. They had the Gold Edition. I think it was like twenty-five bucks. Yeah. I think you got almost everything: three remastered and uh, Liberations remastered. So I was like, "For twenty-five bucks, three games—that's yeah. awesome." And then now I'm just sitting here, just looking at all this content, and I'm just like, "How much did this cost at launch?" And mm-hmm. I looked, and I was like, "Dude, people yeah. spent like when I bought it, it was in Far May." So seven months prior, people spent like three, four times what I paid. Yeah, I think it was one twenty for the ultimate edition. Oh my yeah, god, bro! Yeah, I was like, crazy. wow, yep. they depreciate quick. They do. Yeah. You know what's good though? They did give you like some helix credits with the mm-hmm. gold edition, oh, just god, enough god, to god, not god. buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> you still needed to like purchase something to actually get anything. 
But, you know, shout out to Ubisoft. For- <laughs> Helix credits are the worst, man. I cannot believe the Ubisoft worst. gets away with microtransactions in a single-player game. And, and they they are they have a conflict of interest because oh. they benefit by making the game more boring and tedious and adding more padding because oh. then they go well with helix credits if you pay us a little more we'll give you double xp we'll mark all this junk we put on the map for you and we'll make the game less awful all you have to do is pay extra money on top Time of money so they have Time an incentive savers. to make the game boring and and grindy and then and then pay you to take it out of the game it's unreal i anyway i i can't believe ubisoft gets away with that people are like oh ea sucks ea money is evil and all this stuff and i'm like bro have you played a ubisoft game it's toxic in there i cannot believe they get away with it. i can't that. i can't do like what, what happened to the days of the 20 hour assassin's creed campaigns what uh, happens yeah, to honestly. turning it on like i'm this tempted because i got valhalla sent to me and i was playing it i played through like the first couple hours i'm like what the like dude like i don't know if it was just me but the sound effects were so compressed and just a whole bunch of other things in terms of its design and i'm like i i'm gonna go fire up brotherhood again i'm good yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 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 literally broken dlc there was they they have like these timed events now and i started one you know you go like some people come to your village and you do these things half of the dialogue is mouth but there's no sound <laughs> so like you only get like Jesus. really random parts of the conversation and so you have no idea what to do then you have to pick what you have to respond with i'm just like what did she say what bro she say? how does this do so i don't bad. but how does this series keep selling okay at least with call of duty uh, Od- i mean odyssey and origins are good games the problem is okay. that they're just stuffed full of just crud and they, they make they, you they pay that, to take bro. it out and I then, and then your that. character like, oh, it's supposed to be a historical reenactment, and your character's like on a unicorn with like breasts <laughs> of the devil. And I'm just like, what, like, what, what, like, what is happening in this game? This game used to be like about like, you know, like serious. It used, it used to be stuff. grounded in history, and it just has gone kind of crazy. But I like those games. I just wish that they would focus on making like a good core experience that respects your time. Yeah, doesn't dude. make you like pay to make the game like balanced. Like, it's like. Oh, oh yeah like do you want to do you want to play this game twice as long a level up half as quickly uh no okay 20 bucks yeah yeah what dude, is that just design the game that. well the first time it's I, such a conflict of i don't get it like our younger because this is what confuses me about the assassin's creed games the newer ones like with the length being so bloated i'm looking at some games nowadays and if i see like to complete the main story it takes like over 50 hours i i look twice at it now for certain games yeah Certain games, I think it benefits if the story is really good and it's paced accordingly. But when I see Witcher something like Creed. Assassin's Witcher Creed, where, where the people who are like, yo, I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Is it bloated for like 30 hours? Yes. But I'm like, what? 30 hours? <laughs> yeah. How is that a footnote? Yeah, like, <laughs> after the first full day of your life playing this game, it gets really good. Like, wh- what? Are you insane? Yeah. Oh man, I can't. So for me, it's like I, I when I heard Sean Lady come out and say we need to go back to like those, those like eight to twenty hour games. Yeah. I was like, yeah, 
Thank you. Like yeah. main campaign, 20 hours, and then build everything else around. I'm and, fine and with that. And you can do that again. I know Travis just said Witcher 3 did it really well, but you Thank can build you. all that extra content for the people like me who will consume it, but you can still have a strong narrative in 15 yeah. to 20 hours. Like I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. All that extra fluff of having to do like war encounters and sieges and Valhalla and all that stuff. I'm just like, what? Like, games. What is, yeah. And then and now it's going to be games as a service is what they're building towards. Yeah. And and those sieges, they were all the same, right? I mean, you just land on the shore, you do some yeah. attack, you get the gold. It yeah. became very same. That's, That's why it's kind of always had that problem where they make you repeat like world events and stuff like that. Yeah. That's I literally know. one of the DLCs, the River Rays. It's the same thing over and I over know. again. And I didn't and play it for that reason. With, with, with a different currency. So you can use it in a, only a very specific store. <laughs> Are they so, Halex credits? Dang. No. Hey, Lex. Hey, Lex. They've got 16 different currencies in the game now. So <laughs> I'm not even, I, I bet that might not be an exaggeration. Like every DLC has their own currency for certain shops. I, I don't even know how to explain it. That's it's, it's that's crazy. actually what I laughed at Avengers when I saw one of their events because it was like, oh, if you log into Avengers this week, you get free this. And it was like 10 different currencies. And I, I think I went to Luke and I was like, the hell is this? Like, and he's like, yeah, you have to use different things to different. Oh yeah. no, that's like free to play game. Those are free to play mobile design. So Get that away from me. I, I mean, I come from a world where there's there's currencies that you use to buy other currencies. I know so it, it drives I, uh, me crazy. Yeah. Wow. Know, I and here I am, just in my little corner playing Final Fantasy 14, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay with this game. Well, there you go. So Steve has a lot of currencies. It it does, but but. But I'll say this much about Final Fantasy XIV because I got back into it. At least when I'm going on there, like my daily thing right now is like, if I'm not doing more story missions, I'm leveling up a different character class. And if not doing that, I'm just doing like dungeons with my friends. I feel like I'm getting something out of it with each play session. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like, okay, I'm leveling up my summoner right now. I do this dungeon and I leveled up two levels. And I'm like, okay, I'm closer to my goal. That's great. But then if I go over to something like, let's just say... um assassin's creed odyssey or if i play something like avengers i could play the game for an hour and i don't feel like i really did that mm. much you get what i'm saying yeah sense of accomplishment the, like the, you're, the, it's not wasting yeah. your time the progression loop in final fantasy 14 is really tight but yeah. don't pretend like it's not oh no i'm convoluted. i'm not i'm not i'm not yeah, an MMO. Like that it's game an MMO. that game's barrier of entry is like all right we'll play through like hours and hours of content learn tons of different systems and how oh, they interact i'm with not people. denying and that. it's fun but yeah. i'm not denying that like my boy just got into the game for the first time and i said listen if you drop this game i don't blame you because the I, I'll, I'll be honest the first realm reborn heaven's word boring in my personal <laughs> opinion like some of the story stuff is cool with characters but boring but when you start getting into the later stuff the new dungeons new character classes that's where it's like awesome but i totally agree like nobody has time to invest in those games so if you want to, you get something out of it. If you don't and you complain about it, I get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like, yes, you are right. But then I'm also right. <laughs> it's a great game, though. It's a great yeah, game. Steve oh, yeah. in the chat is a huge uh, WoW player. Um, and uh, has been he's been telling us in the season gaming chat about uh, he just recently started Final Fantasy 14. He's been loving it. Oh, that's um, awesome, Steve. That's awesome. I just saw it pop up. I was like, 14. <laughs> it's a good game that I really respect and do not have time for, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's that's my Final problem it's like i want to try it made me play it yeah, yeah i want to try it but i know i don't have the time to put into it it really is a time sink there's a few games where i know if i started it it just i would have to put aside time i don't have and, and it's unfortunate yeah. but final fantasy 14 is one of those but 
still yeah. love the game. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Everyone has one game. That's true. <laughs> well, guys, um, it's been a blast. Uh, it's been a fun show. A lot of good topics. Chat, you've been great. Thank you so much. Uh, Neo, man, absolute pleasure having you on. Great conversation. Great commentary. So thanks for coming on, man. I hope it won't be the last time. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. It's nice meeting you. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So um, why don't you tell people uh, where they can find you, but your channel, everything else, man? Yeah, of course. So uh, my full YouTube channel name is Neo Gamespark. That's where you guys can subscribe for videos, streams, all that stuff. In addition to Twitter, that's the only social media outlet I really use. Like I have a <laughs> Facebook that I haven't updated in like 40 years uh, and I have an Instagram, but that's just more like personal stuff. I don't really like I post gaming stuff like, okay, here I'm playing 14. Look at this, but it's not like Twitter because you can get more in touch with people and it's more intimate on Twitter, you know, just like another game that just released this week called boyfriend dungeon. If someone <laughs> in the street doesn't get to play. Uh, <laughs> you can get pretty intimate with that one. Uh, but yeah, so all my uh, social media outlets are at Neo game spark. If you guys want to follow me, um, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. This is by far the earliest podcast I've ever done, uh, which I don't like for all the hard workers out there. They're like, I get up at four in the morning. Why are you complaining about an 11 o'clock podcast? <laughs> but seriously, truly, you guys are awesome. And um, if, if you ever want me back on the show, I'm 100% down. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Uh, guys, anything you want to shout out before we head out of here? Uh, yeah. You can follow me on, on Twitter at Travis, And I've got a uh, review of Recompile coming out next week on IGN.com where you can read my articles and reviews. Fantastic. Mm. Mr. Rodriguez, we'll see you here next week. That's it. You've got it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be expecting an update on Assassin's Creed Valhalla on yes, our desk. Yes. First thing Sunday yes. morning. I'll Look make for sure. his review, February 2022. I, yeah, I'm yeah. going to review. I already ha- I, it's halfway done. All of the DLCs at once and, and just force yeah. feed it to you guys. It's really, really short. Force it. <laughs> Sarcast- sarcastically, sarcastics aside, that's actually not a bad idea because you could review like a season pass for a game, right? Yes. Like what, yeah. what is the that's value in this? Yeah. 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 Uh, take a to answer that question, there is of your face so that yeah, we know right? how you yeah. changed as a person. You look like a president who's <laughs> aged eight years, you know? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Just a straight line afterwards. Lost the little live. That's how that's going on the promo. Oh, you know who he's gonna be? He's gonna be like um the guy from Breaking Bad, uh Dean Norris. Like, you know, there was that meme of him smiling <laughs> and then with him frowning. That's gonna be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Except the only difference is like before the DLC, he's frowning. After the DLC, he's still frowning. He's still so, frowning. It's gonna yeah. be that Matt Damon time lapse from Saving Private Ryan, where he's you know, he's standing by the grave. You know, look down at you know, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed and so bad it's like tell oh, me man. tell me tell me i played a good oh. game tell me i played a good game <laughs> oh man well guys thanks man this has been a fun one um appreciate you guys um thanks everyone for tuning in if you're listening to this later uh, obviously uh, thank you and uh appreciate you so that's it um we are getting out of here we will see you next sunday morning as always until then have a good week peace peace